0: Back to Bench Time podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. This is episode 112, so this is our third take. That's why there's some laughter because uh, Brett can't get his act together tonight. So uh, we are we're back for another awesome episode, and we have some special uh, guests on the line for you guys this week. We have Dave Meek and Jake Johnson of Crescent Creek Models. So welcome to the show. Thanks for coming back, you guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be me. here. Take two. Here we go. <laughs> so we're we're on a roll again, but, um, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, just for the record, guys, um, wasn't he just busting on me before we started this about how uh, he wouldn't let me do the interview? Ah, uh,
0: I know, yeah. I know. seem <laughs> to It's karma. It's karma. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. But
1: uh, uh that's good. Well, it's always good to have you guys on. We always last time we had you on it was in July. We talked about it uh and and uh it's been so it's been quite a bit. We yeah. want to have you on more often and do this east meets west type of modeling scenario and uh, and and discussion about techniques and styles from the different uh from both your side of the country and our side of the country. Um there's a lot we have to talk about tonight. But, a lot of different stuff.
0: Um, so Yeah. Um yeah. so real quick Great. Uh, we'll let you guys do some take the wheel here for a little bit let's get let's get an update from you guys on the uh, Carolwood Barn I know it's been yeah. a while and you actually it's haven't July they said July yeah when you had us on last, when we had you on last um, yeah. you were just getting ready to release it so give us a little update on that
2: well I'll start. Uh we'll we'll take turns. I'll cover my st- the stuff that I can think of and then you'll probably think of a okay. couple other things. Um right. we shipped out seventy eight kits of our barn. Wow. And uh that's pretty exciting for our first kit.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um and that was a different scale. That was an H O scale, right?
2: That was O Scale, yeah. yeah. So we're really excited about how many Good. kits we got out there. Um, I, I'm going to let Dave elaborate on his wonderful instructions <laughs> a little bit.
1: But uh, I mean, it was a real learning experience. Seventy-eight O Scale. What's that? O, Seventy-eight O Scale. We were talking about this last week with Jeff Grove, and he was saying how <laughs> how hard it is to how hard it is to move O Scale product. You did really, really well, in my opinion.
2: Well, so it just makes me the think the that if we do an HO barn, we can probably sell twice as many of them.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, but still, I mean, for a, for, for a very specialized kit, it was a large number. What were you gonna say, Dave?
3: I, I was I was saying well, O is a niche market, and Disney barn is an even more niche market. So we're yeah, we're happy that we sold right, right. Uh, <laughs> the, the seventy eight that we did, and uh, I mean. They, they turned out beautifully, if I do say so myself. I mean, the, the kits are they're really nice. And now we're, we're we're waiting. We have on Facebook, if, if you follow Crescent Creek Models on Facebook, we have a, a uh, it's called CCM Builders Club that anybody can join. And uh, we're waiting for somebody to start building one of these barns because we're standing by to help you. We will give you <laughs> any help that you need. Uh, uh you know we 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 put everything we had into the instructions uh, and uh they're full beautiful it's a 24 page uh, full color instruction book and uh <clears throat> but i think people might be you know they're 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 saving it or they're collecting it it's it's designed to be built so please you know build your kit
0: yeah we want to yeah. see it
1: we'll yeah i i'd, I'd love to see it yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not part of the CCM Builders Club, um, there'll be a link in our show description. You guys should check that out. We we're both in it, and uh, and yep, there's some yep. there's a little bit of activity starting to grow, and it's actually you almost you're too shy of 400, so hopefully, I'm sorry, too shy of 500. So hopefully, after uh, we'll this episode nice. airs, you'll bump over That's five. Good. That's yeah,
1: really good.
0: But yeah, um, the it takes
1: a lot to build up. Uh, yeah. Followers and stuff in those, in any, on any of those groups. And, and, uh, to, to, to do that in, like you were saying, in, in a niche market, um, yeah. for, for that kind of kit. Well, it's not just that. You have other things that you put on besides that. Yeah. And, and, and right. that's helping to grow. And it's also, like you said, it's O scale. Is that ON3?
3: ON30, yeah. Well, it's ON30. It's yeah.
1: Scale, but yeah, yeah.
0: So,
3: I
1: always
0: um, get that mess up. Uh, yeah and we have had people every time we say it we mess <laughs> it up and then, it's freaking embarrassing and then we get like 20 messages every week because we say the wrong thing And and, How and you don't know it's 30 no it's not even that it's, it's I know and I'll, I'll like I'll educate myself and I'm like alright I won't do it again I won't do it again and then what do I do next week I say it wrong yeah. oh well
3: I'm gonna get you guys a cheat sheet.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right.
3: Well it's 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 O scale, it's it's one forty eighth, so it works with O standard gauge, O N three, gotcha. o and N thirty. Any any of the O scales. Cool. Yeah. Even template if you want to
0: have you that. seen anyone build it yet? Completely? Just no. I watched
2: Dave build yeah. his.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, I was just wondering if it was uh, I watched
1: Jake build his.
0: Someone out there, someone out there's building it. So uh, I'm, I sure hope so. I'm sure we'll see it soon. Seven,
1: 78 of them, somebody's building it. Yeah. You know. and then you're gotta, you got to figure some. You got to figure some of them are slapping them on the shelves, waiting for them to to uh, go up in value and stuff. But that's what so that happens. might be it. I don't know. Yeah. I,
0: I have a. I have a real quick. I should
3: go ahead, Jake.
2: I said I should put that on a favorite search on eBay to see when one comes up and how it
3: sells for.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Actually, it is. You wouldn't believe. You would believe there's stuff on eBay. Well, I'm sure you all know, but it, you know, let's say Doug Fiscali puts a kid out and he has it, right? And, and it's 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 available. You can go to his website and buy it, okay? But right. you go to eBay and there's some idiot out there selling it for like. <laughs> Fifteen twenty dollars more than what Doug's selling it for on his website. Well, he's not an
0: idiot because someone's <laughs> buying it.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess the is the one that's.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh, he's it on there
3: for, that, for the right price, but then the shipping is forty five dollars. Right, yeah, right, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh wow, this one's okay. a this one's a steal. Is it
3: coming a gold lined box? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what goes
0: on there? Oh. <laughs> hey, I have a real quick side question. Um, I was scrolling through the the Crescent Creek Models Facebook page, and uh, I saw Dave in front of a sign for Grizzly Peak uh, Land of Scenic Wonders. And there's a a discussion beneath that about the fisherman who's in the picture or in the painting. Right. Um, Yeah. Is that Jake? That's me. All right. That's me.
3: Tell everybody, that's a a billboard at uh, Disney California Adventures. In, in in Anaheim, you know, which is right across from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's – that. well, the funny thing is, is we were there. Uh, my whole family was there. I took my son there for his 13th birthday last week, and we had a blast. And we were there, and we were waiting to go on uh, the, the ride there, so rain, and uh, my wife looks up at the billboard She says, God, that looks just like Jake. <laughs> and I looked at her and said, it, it, it is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you can't – How did that happen? I need to know. To that when he was when he was oh. at WDI. So that mm. I, actually I have I, I, there's several things like that. If you know who to look for and where to look, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's little Easter eggs. If you you, you know people, you know. Say, oh, I know that's that, that guy. There's people's names you know, or you know, yeah. little inside jokes and things like that. That's awesome. So yeah, that's that's Jake. Your anonymity has gone shot now. That's him
0: up on the billboard. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to ask, Jake, are you a fly fisherman?
2: Uh, you know uh, no, oh. no, no. I, <laughs> you know i don't think i i don't think i, 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 don't think I ca- uh, spent any time fishing since i was in the boy scouts okay. so it's, it's been a while
0: i just had that i didn't know if it was well, like it in
2: the hat
3: which is
0: what you the fit the part you fit yeah. the part i just had the i had to ask yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The,
1: hat. <laughs> the hat makes a man
0: it That's does the, so there you the go
1: hat tells <laughs> a story right there you
0: know it's the ah, i love it i love yeah,
1: that yeah, it's just like what's that movie where uh, brad pitt was Fly fishing in the stream with his dad and his brother. Um, oh, I don't know. I river, run run river, river, yeah, river runs through it. River runs through it. Through. River runs through it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jake, uh, you yep. could be in that movie, Jake. <laughs>
2: That's right. All I got to do is put the hat on.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's there.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, that was That's a little right. s- little side story. I had to hear how you got on that billboard. So, uh, I love it. But
2: uh, oh, so I got a Disney story for you. Go for it. Okay. Just to there throw some crazy things. My workbench is famous.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's right.
2: My workbench is famous. There's a, there's a new show on Disney Plus called the Walt Disney Imagineering Story. Uh huh. And they're talking about artists and all the different roles that people play at Imagineering and, and just how wild and unconventional and different they are. And they start panning across this workbench. And they cut to the next shot. And I turned to my girlfriend. And I said, rewind that for a second. And she rewinds it, and all of a sudden, there's my disc sander and my pencil sharpener and just other sorts of clutter. And I'm like, that's my workbench on TV.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> oh,
2: that's so cool. <laughs> uh, you, it's not a pretty sight, but, uh, you know, that that's how some of these creative projects take place. Uh, I I just wrote that down. Hey,
0: making magic is messy, Jake. You know, making magic is <laughs> yeah. messy. Yeah. None of, none of messy. every single person I've ever met when they either share a photo or you see their workbench, whether it's a modeling workbench or their own tool workbench, in, like for their shop, has always said, oh, don't look at that, it's messy. Oh, it's messy right now. Everyone does it. If you're doing work at it, okay. it's going to be messy in your own way. But that's cool that you got your workbench on a show on Disney+. Plus. I have Disney+, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I wrote it down because I'm going to find that episode to, just to watch it now. So it, It's, it's in the, the open credits of Oh, it's a. It's yeah, on, I
2: think it's in the opening credits, the first one, and uh, you yeah. can see if you go into my Facebook page, the runtime is in the lower left-hand corner of the of the Facebook photos. So I'll find it.
0: See. That's awesome. Now is if it?
2: Find
0: I'm gonna look. Oh, I have to watch it now. Jake told the story. I gotta find it. So, and I, I'm not paying for. I'm not paying for Disney Disney Plus to not use the most of it I can. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find the thing. <laughs> you think it's for the kids? I got kids. to watch
2: The Mandalorian.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I wanna I need to watch that. i hear some of the people I work with said uh that that's a must watch. So
2: it's like a space western.
0: I need to it see is. it. It's,
3: def- it's definitely a western. Yeah.
0: Alright. Well let's kinda let's get back on the on the on the track here. Um Let's talk
1: about <laughs> Model Railroad.
0: Yeah. But then not
1: huh?
0: it's still fun. I Who like knew? Th- I like this. I like this. Um <laughs>
1: So one of the things in the uh, in the East Coast that we're familiar with with, with modeling and and such as uh, you know um, the styles of buildings that we have in the East compared to the styles in the uh, I want to kind of get that I want to kind of know what kind of buildings would be modeled on other not necessarily old West style or anything like so that. So let's let's do okay.
0: like early I mean, the
1: style of buildings that you would find. Like like if I was doing something in you know uh, mid 20th century Los Angeles, San Francisco, you know, know, some somewhere in the West Coast, there. Let's do something. What what would we see? What what do the modelers today on the West Coast? Not you guys in particular, but you guys see other modelers on the West Coast. What are they modeling? What kind of buildings are they modeling in their settings? Either urban or. You know, or even more modern day. What are you seeing? Well, there's some very distinct things
3: about, especially if you're modeling. Say you're modeling the Southern Pacific in California, Mm -hmm. right? You know, in the in in the 50s, in the transitional era, there there's some very specific things. Of course, you're going to have a lot of big brick buildings, just like back east. But what you're not going to have, uh, what the back east doesn't have, is Spanish Revival architecture. Okay. And if you're modeling anything in, in California or, or especially Southern California or on up into the Bay Area, you're going you're gonna to see some Spanish Revival architecture, which is the stucco walls. and the you know, Think of uh, like a, 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 a classic Santa Fe-style station mm-hmm. or a Union station or something like that. You, that's, that's, that's a very distinctive thing you're going to see on the West Coast as, as opposed to the East Coast. Okay. And Jake has done with some pretty cool Spanish Revival stuff. I have
1: seen, uh, seen a station he did Is Yeah, that, yeah. That, that thing's beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is, yeah. And just to be clear for our listeners, if who are not familiar with that type of architecture, you're, you're talking about it's like we said, stucco walls, high arch, high arch doorways, um, the, the red tile, red tile, terracotta t- yeah, red tile roof. Foods. Yeah, right. yeah. Santa Fe
3: popular, right, really kind of took it and ran with it, but they weren't the first to do it. They okay. just kind of latched onto it. Uh but you'll see that if you're all in all over LA and Arizona for, and for, Phoenix, for, uh, yeah, Arizona
0: too. For, for our East Coast people, yeah. it's uh anytime you go to a like a Mexican restaurant, it's what that looks like. <laughs> 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 That's is what they you know, when you go to uh there's a chain around our area called El Rodeo it's right. a Mexican restaurant uh-huh. and that's what they have that's what it looks like so I just had to, yeah, had to throw great. it out there for our, our East guys
4: <laughs> right, <laughs> so like right. everybody well, out there lives go,
1: in, in help them. go ahead everybody out there lives in a Mexican restaurant man so, yeah well that's right like, <laughs>
3: if you really want some great examples of it just, just go online and google Santa Barbara images Santa
0: oh yeah I see that here now
3: the best, the best examples of Spanish revival architecture in the United States.
0: It's beautiful. The courthouse, the
3: mission, and the train station, everything else is there. So that, that's, that's, that's a great way. It's a great introduction to it. But, but L.A. used to have a lot more, okay. especially around uh, in the 40s and 50s. Okay, Is that 60s, what
1: most people are yeah. modeling, Dave? Is that what they're modeling? I don't I mean, see a lot of it. It's, 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 kind of like if you like a show on the, the east, on the west. Well, he
0: said for Santa yeah, Fe. Kind of, and, and, You're uh, going to uh, see more of it uh, out here.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Let's, say, yeah. let's say you go to a show in in mm-hmm. wherever in, in in the West Coast yeah. and they have yeah. like a module set up and what what kind of what kind of architecture are you seeing in that? Colorado. Stuff, <laughs> uh, oh, really? Like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, you it's know what a very what I pop- see, Go
3: ahead.
2: Jim. I I, I I see a lot more agricultural or West Coast agricultural modeling, like orange groves, huh. uh, packing houses, things like that. So factories that are real west coast oriented, there might be some oil related industry yeah.
1: out here yeah, more a lot of industry stuff
2: well, you still see you still see all the other stuff, but I think what characterizes it are the types of industries out here, and I see orchards and oil uh, mm-hmm. things like that. those are things I see at train shows, sure, you know. Sure.
1: Or, or West Side They're, lumber. That are more company. A lot of that. I'm sorry, Dave. What was that again? West Side. What? I was, was
3: going. you see a lot of modeling? Modeling based on the West Side Lumber Company. Oh.
1: Uh,
3: oh which okay. Which is California based, mm-hmm. or you know, one of the best modelers to do to cover LA was um, was Bob Smoss. Uh, okay. I'm not yep. He
0: did some. Great, I've heard of uh, him,
3: but i not modeling uh, urban modeling of Los Angeles. It was really huh. well done. In HF. Wow. Wow.
0: In HO, you said.
3: Yeah, a few years back in Model railroad Magazine. Look him up.
0: Yeah, we'll have to find him. A
3: lot of palm trees. A lot, a of, palm lot
0: of palm trees. trees.
3: You got to be able to buy yeah. palm trees.
0: So, uh, it's a lot of palm trees and it's a lot of um, uh, evergreen type so you, trees.
1: So you guys make your own palm trees?
0: Yeah.
1: How do you make a palm tree? We don't, We're like we're, we get we get pines. <laughs> we get pines, oaks, and 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 maples. Man, that's what we're we're dealing with out here. You know, there are I mean, I, several
3: methods. Hey, Jake, there's an idea for a kit. We could do palm, tree kit? Uh, palm trees, a palm tree. kit. I, I don't see why not. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got, I got a friend who's doing the, the agaves, you know, the yuccas and stuff. It'd be the same basic idea. Yeah. Cut some, uh, some palm fronds, but I've seen mm-hmm. people make them out of feathers. Mostly they're made out of paper. Uh, the ones I've seen model, some are very, very good and some are,
2: Okay <laughs> some <come from> <laughs> I see some come from overseas that guys are buying and they've got metal etched uh, fronds. I've yeah, seen others right. were taking a uh, a pine tree uh branch, mm-hmm. and it's got that sort of uh, uh it's almost like not a, not quite a honeycomb texture, but there's a texture on a pine tree branch that's maybe about a half inch diameter mm-hmm. that okay. you might find out in the in the woods somewhere. And they're they're using that as the trunk of their palm tree because miniaturized it it kind of captures that palm tree. I wonder oh, if yeah. you
0: could do um Look, a, like a laser cut um, paper for the yeah. uh, palm leaf you know yes I wonder if you could do that and then just have the have the sure. oh, kit, yeah. have the assembler of the kit paint them green, and then just the the way mm-hmm. the paper would be cut and draped over would just lay lay over like a palm leaf. This is now
3: turned into a Crescent Creek Models R and D session.
0: I, <laughs> I, I hey, wrong with, wrong with it, like it, guys? The the gin I have. <laughs> no, but it's it's interesting because you guys have a whole. So I feel like something that is not paid attention to very well now that we've opened up this can of worms is. Uh, is when you think of, at least for our area, when you think of trees, I think of what Woodland Scenics Mm -hmm. makes and I think of what a few of the other manufacturers out this way make and and some of the national brands make a lot of stuff that's really like more of the mountaineer, like the Rockies, Colorado area and then east, a lot of coniferous leafy trees. So you don't see a lot of the shoreside, west coast stuff. In, in, the, in the major brands. No, you brands. don't.
3: And, and my, my personal pet peeve is cacti, cactuses. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There are very, 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 very few <laughs> available commercially that are, look anything like an act. Most yeah. of them that are available commercially, and I won't name brand names, Uh Look like they were designed by someone who'd never actually seen a cat <laughs> in person. So, uh, or, even, or even a good picture. So, uh, the, the, that's one of them. There's one company I will call out called Pegasus Models, and they do some great uh, injected molded uh, plastic uh, cacti, which I use a lot. Uh, but th- as far as the big ones, the famous ones, you know, the ones with the arms, no yeah. one makes a good one. Huh. No one, and then you know Those what? Are the and I mean, if you're modeling the desert Southwest, you got to have some. Most people cover them out of balsa, balsa wood, or something. Yeah,
0: like and there's and there's that, plenty uh, of rail lines uh, that could yeah. be done. Plenty, of, plenty of rail lines and layouts that could include cactus or cacti. Oh sure, Absolutely. That, you know, e- yeah. even on an HO scale could be done with um, a yeah. spun metal, white metal part. Uh, if they're oh, smaller yeah. cactus, mm-hmm. and it would look fine on yeah. on an HO scale. I mean, oh, you'd have to have a little more detail. But, um, you know, for, right. for a smaller scale, huge
3: too. I mean, they get, they get really big. Yeah. I mean,
0: they're huge. Yeah. Well, I was that, out in Arizona a while ago and, and they're, they're three four times your, your height. They're huge. Right. Mm-hmm. They're so mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, that's something cool. I never thought about, you know, you guys modeling and, yeah, and working with cactus. Uh,
3: there's another Facebook group. I don't know. is it's, it focuses <laughs> specifically on desert modeling and it, it you know, some really great stuff going on there. Very, very, very realistic looking stuff. Huh? Um, yeah. And I'm going to be doing a, a video soon on uh, well, how I do my Saguaro well, because li- people keep asking
1: li- me. Your layout has a lot of cactus in it, so yes, it does. Yeah, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So I Thank mean, it, it would be yeah, it would be really a cool thing to see something done. To so have how- a how to how to on the modeling. That kind of vegetation.
0: How do you do most of your cactus?
1: Mine are carved.
3: Mine are hand carved out of uh, polyurethane foam.
0: Okay. Oh
3: wow. This is gold foam. You can get it commercially. uh, You want the harder density stuff, about ten pound density. It's called balsa foam too, and you can order it online.
0: Is it the yellow? (coughs) Sometimes Michaels carries it. The yellowy dense foam.
3: Yeah, yellow. Yellow foam. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's real similar to the stuff that's used by prop house special effects plate people. Disney uh, use it. Call, they just call it gold foam, sure. and uh, yeah, it's a it's a polyurethane foam, and uh, it carves like uh, balsa wood, but it doesn't have grain, so it doesn't split. Yeah,
0: it's not as messy. So we're yeah, not getting that shit at Michael's. Messy, <laughs> but, uh, it's
1: messy. We're not getting that shit at michael Well, girl. he
0: said they ta- occasionally they'll have it.
1: Oh, they do?
3: Occasionally, it dep- if, you know, it depends. Uh, or they might be able to order it for you. It's made by the American Art Clay Company, which makes a, a lot of stuff like that. Huh. sculpt sculpted mold and stuff like okay.
4: that.
1: Okay. That's pretty cool.
3: So you you might be able to get it. Uh, you can definitely get it online. Amazon carries it. You can get it Oh, online. well, who, uh-huh. what don't they carry it? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an Amazon yeah, Amazon Basics gold foam? <laughs> I, no, it's called, called bolt. <laughs> yeah. And you just you just and, carve yeah. it.
3: You carve it, right? I carve it. You guys would 11 or number 2 exacto plate. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And you, you guys C- would it.
2: love working with this stuff. We used to use it at Disney all the time, a different brand. Yeah. But we could make a lot of stuff out of it. Uh you might be able to find some of it at sign shops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in in your area across the country.
4: Brett, look but it's get, not look the same. Let's get some.
0: I am
2: it's not the same as blue foam, and it's not the same as white bead foam. It's it's uh, it's a very uh, specialty.
3: Cool. I want to 4x8 sheets at Home Depot. That's totally different.
1: Oh no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, we're not doing that. And it's yeah, more
3: expensive too, usually. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, I'm sure it is. But uh, yeah, yeah and, <clears throat> you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, you got to break down and and try stuff out like that, though know? Yeah. yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's yeah.
3: great stuff, and it makes lots of dust. Just have a have a shop vac handy, and and wear a little breathing protection when you do it. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, that's
3: my advice. Yeah.
1: Very Sounds cool. good. And when we're done, we'll have to clean that. We'll have to clean that. Uh, that area where we where we carved it with the with yeah the dust it'll, get, with
3: dust. it'll get that gold dust everywhere, and and uh, you want to once once you're done with your carving, you're happy with it. You can seal it with. Uh, uh, Acrylic paint, or you know, whatever
2: oh, resin. So cool.
3: You can seal them with resin, makes it really hard. Huh. Yeah.
2: You guys will be able to make retaining walls out of it. You'll be able to make your own
0: rock outcroppings if I was, you want. Uh, that's what I was wondering if you could do you rocks All of the all of it. the
3: all of the retaining walls and uh, and stone abutments. And footings and stuff on the bridges on my land—they all carved together.
0: So, so oh, wow, how how well does it accept small detail? Like if you're going to make a, a stone wall, like a stone face wall, mm-hmm. can you can you get pretty? Uh, is it pretty forgiving with smaller details?
3: Yeah,
2: uh, let, me, motion, let me let me tell you what I think. Go ahead. <laughs> the the the, heavy, the heavier density of the foam, the more detail it takes. The 4-pound foam, I think, is kind of light for tight scale work. And when we were at Imagineering, we used a 10-pound urethane foam, which held a lot more detail. I built a log cabin for uh, other models out of uh, 10-pound urethane foam, and I was able to get a lot of grain texture character in it. And I made the same model out of of foam, it it would have been, right. wouldn't have be, been much. Yeah, you, enough want,
3: enough. you want at least, yeah, I use 10 pound, and you want that at least to get in kind of fine detail. So
0: get the I higher like density stuff. Kind of, yeah, the higher density. Okay, stuff. okay. But then if it gets that's too high, it's it, like it it Yeah. Hmm. We're going to, have to look into this, Ooh. Dad.
1: Now, we've learned yeah. all about foam. You <laughs> what? It did, but you know, it's kind of a cool, you know, it's another medium that we haven't tried, and I love doing that kind of stuff.
3: You know, yeah, find new stuff. things to give do. It, and Buy yourself a sheet and give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm looking it up cool. here.
3: Brett's looking
1: it up. So
0: I've been finding now... it here. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. Now, I'll find
1: guys, it. When you guys do stucco, I just recently did some stucco on this building I'm working on tonight. Is, um uh-huh. this J.J. Hollander's building. It's a boxing rink. And uh, I've done stucco with both... Um, um, Liquitex uh, stucco for the art medium in the in the jar, and uh, and then I've also done it with the uh, Durham's Rock Hard Water Putty, and you know both have come out excellent. Um, what do you guys do when you do stucco? What do you use for stucco?
3: Well, Jake is the stucco master. I'll let him answer that.
1: Okay, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll give you a, I'll give you my stucco a brief uh, stucco tutorial. Stucco. I, I built a little bird. Yeah, I, I built a little bird case theater for Dave. Yeah, and, I uh,
4: laser,
2: yeah. yeah, laser cut it out of masonite, which uh, doesn't look anything like stucco, and and put some, uh, laser cut some bricks in it. So I took those laser cut bricks and I covered them with uh, contact paper, which, you know, obviously has some sticky on it. Right. So I didn't want the stucco to get on those bricks. So I cut a little cracky, uh, cracked up shape. And then I took uh, this material called Nova Color Texture Paste. Okay. And Nova Color is an acrylic uh, paint company in Southern California, or on the web. And their texture paste isn't quite as heavy or pumice filled as some of the other Liquitex or Golden products. So okay. you don't really see the you don't see the powder in it, but you do get a heavy body of flat drying. Uh, paint. And so, stipple and brush this on. The other thing I, I did is I took, I, I don't know what kind of technique this is as much as me just making stuff up. I took some yellow glue <laughs> and I made some puddles on, on the side of the building so that you had that unevenness of, a, of an adobe wall. And so right. I let it dry and it added just a little micro thickness of waviness. Then I went back over with a texture paste and... Uh, stippled it in and and kind of smooth it out. And then the other thing, when it gets a little rough, you can either sand it with some really fine sandpaper, I would say somewhere in the 300 grit range, and kind of get some of the excess brush strokes off.
1: Sure. And then give it about
2: two or three coats of craft paint. Okay. And the reason I say that starts to the craft paint, starts to fill in some of the deeper textures that you don't Mm. want, and it just really looks like it's been laid on. So I did that, and then I peeled the contact paper off of the bricks, and I got a nice hard line of what looked like broken plaster off the edge of the contact paper uh, to, to reveal the stones underneath. And I really surprised myself on that one. <laughs> that bad, I'm really happy with the results. I, I I'm looking forward to Dave and I designing a kit where that's part of the instructions. So,
1: oh that, yeah, we're gonna, that we're gonna put sweet. that in there. Oh man. yeah, that's a that's pretty cool because you know um, it's funny how you do those things and you. You'll be playing. I'm the same way. I'll be playing around with something, and um, you know, and, and it didn't. It's not really quite happening the way you expected it to. But then when it does, it you're mixing and using different products and and trying to get a, a look out of something, and then mm-hmm. it just happens, and you're like, oh my gosh! And, and I'll and I'll run out <laughs> of my room into the living room and tell my wife, oh, she doesn't give a shit one way or the other, <laughs> and and say and say, and, and say Oh my gosh! I'm a genius. I came up with this. And this is great. I can't believe this worked out. I was I was just messing around, you know. I don't know how many times I've done stuff like that, you know. And then it's yeah, not didn't like. Didn't Bob you
3: know, Ross call those happy accidents? Yes,
1: yes, yes. yes. yes there's
3: no mistake. Yes.
0: We all have a lot of happy accidents in model building. The other f- yeah, we have <laughs> some
3: unhappy accidents.
0: Yeah, oh, more. I think yeah. more of those. Yeah, I'm moving more, right along. More of those. <laughs> But uh, the the one other thing I wanted to go over with you guys real quick is um, your style of uh, roofs that you have out there. Um. So one thing that I really like, and my dad and I have both expressed this on the show, is the uh like the we like those shake roofs, like the cedar shake roofing and the uh, traditional busted up shingle look out that you see a lot out east. What's the, I mean, obviously there's red terracotta, but what's the most common types of roofs you see being built or, or um, that are prevalent in model railroading and model building that are out west?
2: I'm going to have to say short of the tile. I think we have everything you guys use. We've got plenty of corrugated, plenty of shingles, flat roofs, tar paper, Gravel roofs, all that stuff exists out here. I I, I, I like to say, with the exception of the tile, I think we're on the same page.
0: So, so, yeah, I I agree. If they're all, if.
3: Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, go for it.
3: I I was just going to say, yeah, you see, pretty much the same thing. uh, A lot of uh, tar paper and uh, uh, corrugated iron roofing, stuff like that.
0: So, give us a rundown of. If you, I'm sure you've both done them. Uh, how, or if you haven't, one of you have. Uh, doing a tile roof or a the red terracotta roof, if that's the correct terminology for it, I've been using it a bunch.
2: I'm going to let um, Dave answer that. I've just bought
3: inexpensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you can you can get the plaster. Plastruct makes a uh, tile roofing material, which would probably work great for HO. Okay. Um, you know, it's just, it just comes in a sheet, like they're brick stuff. Right. Uh, my pal, Vern Niner, who's unfortunately no longer with us, uh, did a lot of uh, southwestern modeling, you know, border stuff, like Mexican borders, mm-hmm. on his Australian Sonora Grande. And he came up with a great technique for using uh, 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 soda straws, plastic straws. Really? Oh, wow. wow. and. And he would you split them down the middle, cut them, and and paint them with uh, red Krylon primer, you know. And they look exactly like terracotta tiles. It's labor intensive. Yeah. yeah, You know, if you've got a big roof. To that's cut the kind dry. of work we love. <laughs> exactly like like terracotta tiles when you're done, huh? They, they're perfectly. In Great scale idea for O scale. Now
0: that's for O scale. Well, yeah, a,
3: that's a cute little
0: technique. Huh? Yeah. That sounds like the type of tedious work that we would torture ourselves with, too, so we can appreciate that. (laughs) If if you're in
3: the hobby, you know, I had an animation teacher in college who who said, you know, uh, if you don't want to draw a lot, (laughs) you're in the wrong, you're doing, you're in the wrong class. Right, right. Because you're going to be drawing all day, every day, (laughs) you know, until your hands are cramped. And that's what model, you know, model building is if you don't like building, you know, tiny little tedious details and and get a lot of enjoyment out of that, this is not the hobby for you.
0: (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Right. That's a good, that's a good little, uh, like an, like analogy or a lesson is, is like sometimes, yeah, sometimes you might, and we've all probably been there, all four of us, um. Yeah. I speak for myself, but all four of us have been there where you're working all night on something, like laboriously all night, and you're thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this torture of, like, you know, applying this whatever the thing is, one by one, over and over. Over and over. And and over. And, yeah. yeah. And then you're thinking it's to yourself... It looks so cool when it's done. I know. Yeah. yeah exactly. but, but, but in, you nailed That's it right why. there, man. But in the middle of it, you're yeah. like what am I doing? And then once you're done, you're like,
3: (laughs) yeah,
0: when you're starting it and you're realizing you have two rows of roofing done and you're like, oh no, this is going to be the next two days of my life. Uh, But then the other side of those two days, you're like, well, I'm really glad I did that because look at how awesome it looks. So, and and more often than not, we were talking about happy mistakes earlier and not so happy mistakes. Uh, More often than not, the times that I've taken to do something like that, where I've painstakingly gone out of my way to do something that's going to add a tremendous amount of detail.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've had it end up looking much better than I expected. Way well, more, yeah, way I more times. The way more times I've had it end up being successful than I've had it end up looking bad because you right. are taking <laughs> extra time to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. It's a reward. You, just, I mean, you, know what a I, you know what I say to myself sometimes while I'm doing this, hmm. while I'm doing some really tedious things. I'm mean, like, "Oh God, this is going to take forever. It's really <laughs> hard. It's with really piny. I'm looking. At, wrong I got the opti visor and tweezers in both hands. You know, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is craftsmanship.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. And, yeah. It, and, you're, <laughs> and, you're, and you're supposed to be. You know, everyone thinks
0: you're good at this, so. <laughs> So, buckle right. down and right. do it. I just tell myself, oh, yeah, just do it. You yeah. Know, and then, and it, you know, it looks okay when you And truthfully, if it was easy,
1: would we even enjoy Everybody doing it? We would do it. Right.
0: Yeah. No. Uh,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
0: I like the That's laughs funny. from Jake's end here. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I wanted to interject something that kind of goes back to our whole East versus West uh, yeah, go architectural for it. styles. Yeah. What I notice is a lot of the East Coast modeling and even some of the manufacturers are doing uh or are, are, are designing in a New England style of uh, of of architecture and building and maybe some of this is uh influenced by other New England gothic uh neoclassical i I'm going to throw out some really uh, fancy words there but um makes you sound smart those kinds of things <laughs> that, that architecture kind of kind of starts in the colonial era yes. in our country. It does. And you have this eastern development of colonial uh, America on the East Coast. Yes. So at the same time, we've got this mission-style architecture on the West Coast that goes back, you know, sixteen, seventeen right. hundreds 1700s type thing. Right. So what I wanted to say is the West, by white settlers, doesn't really develop until the gold rush... And uh, the transcontinental railroad, right, right. That architecture right. did not come with them when they came here, right. and so you see different architecture. You also see as that style of architecture from say 1870 to 1890, or, or maybe a little earlier than that. There's right. things that come from the West Coast, like especially if you go to New Orleans, for example. There's a lot of Spanish revival architecture, not in the mission style, but this Spanish style or colonial style architecture that made it into a few of the gold rush camps. And then all of a sudden you get into 1880s and all of a sudden you see a Victorian style architecture that is common anywhere in the United States. And I think it's because of millwork and the railroad being able to deliver goods
3: and products
2: and tools all across the country. Right, and so, and that's when you start to see more homogenized architecture in, in in the in the in, in the United States, not and just the West.
0: It, and it makes sense right. to add to what Jake said. You know, the transcontinental railroad opened in uh, 1869, and. Uh, yeah, it was. A, I was digging there, but uh, it opens in 1869. So to be in the late 1880s, early 19, 1890s, 1890s. I say, why well, do I don't keep saying 19? Anyways, I don't know. Um, 19th you know, century. It makes sense. Yeah, 19th century. So
1: we're, we're history freaks, so we can spit these numbers out like this. But you're, yeah. <laughs> but you're coming into,
0: you're coming into the late 1890s, and it makes sense to start seeing some. Uh, more eastern influence like Jake said because you know the railroad's now been opened for the transcontinental railroad has now been open for 20-30 years so right. y- you're beginning to see a lot of easily it's easier to travel out west so right, um,
3: it, right. And, and, that's interesting today most of them don't realize that you know you, you they think of the typical western false front building with the ornate cornice on top
4: and, mm-hmm. and
3: the and the Victorian entry and all that kind of stuff, all of those parts, the the wood may have been milled locally for the walls, but all of those fancy parts were ordered in catalogs and came out in boxcars from places like St. Louis, huh. where they had the oh. big mills. You know, you would you would go and you'd, you'd flip through a catalog and say, okay, I want this, and, this and, True, this, and they would ship it out, and you would put it on your building. You don't Windows. see...
0: You don't you see know, your mills early that, on in the West like that, so they'd have to have gotten them from East back right. East.
3: They came, they came from, and in, in, the, in the time of the Gold Rush, they came around the Horn by the <laughs> ship, you know. Dang, so, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's something I try to reflect on on the Thunder Mesa layout. If you look at the town, I was talking to somebody about this today. If you look at the town of Thunder Mesa, there's an old Spanish section. Which is the older part of town, and then there's the new kind of boomtown section, which has the false front buildings and things like that. And it's it's almost like it's overlaid on top of the old Spanish section of town to give it that feeling of of history. You know, the, those layers of history, right? So the different different settlements and different people that came through. Huh. That makes so,
2: sense. So yeah. I'm going to touch on something that Dave said. He's talking about these. Th- pieces being shipped across uh, the country. There was a, there was a company uh, called the Mesker Ironworks, and Mesker made cast iron facade components for yes. uh, for brick buildings. And I think I might have shared this I've with you guys that. earlier. Yes. Yeah, and so you can find Mesker you, you buildings. You shared a website ca- with us on that, didn't
1: you? Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, Meskers are really popular uh, from the East Coast, the West Coast, and everywhere in between. Uh, Mesker Ironworks, and they were in St. Louis, Dave. Um, they yeah. created these parts, and they were shipped by railroad. And all of a sudden, I'm in Colorado, and I see a building that looks like it was in Utah. And then all of a sudden, I see another Mesker building that's in Illinois or Texas. And it's like, wow, all these Western buildings look the same. Yeah, they all ordered their parts from the same catalog.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, you know, you go to the so, Western Saloon and the, big, and the big fancy carved ornate bar, those were made by what? What uh, Steinway? You know, they, <laughs> they were the piano, the piano manufacturer. Glue. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. The big back bars with the columns. You go, yeah, it looks. You know, they're very ornate. And those were shipped out on boxcars. Uh, the stamped tin roofs uh, that you see there are ceilings inside right. those places that right. you can still find in a lot of Colorado mining towns. Same okay. thing. They came out on the railroad.
1: Yep. And and the mansard roof. You see some of that in Western yeah. architecture. And you know everybody thinks that that's a New England thing, and it's not. It's that's everywhere. No, there's, yeah. that's yeah.
2: everywhere. That's a Victorian yes. thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. seeing them. By the way, I'm working on one as we speak. Yeah. Well, uh, this evening, this evening I
3: was working <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Victorian Edwardian thing that you see from from that whole era. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. It's amazing how much uh, our our what we think of as unique to a certain area. Just like Dave and Jake had talked about, it's amazing how you think about the old saloon style or the old whatever. Mm-hmm. You think of that mm-hmm. as a Western thing because it's from the movies, and you see the guy in the bar and the westerns. And but hearing you guys talk about that, it's cool to think that you know those were made in in cities that are east of the Mississippi or on the Mississippi Chicago. eastward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. it, well, the I thing
2: think
3: is, I is, think what we... they were trying. Well, go ahead, Jake.
2: Well, I think, and maybe Dave's got the same answer. I think these people brought these styles of the East with them because they enjoyed exactly. what they saw. It was and they a comfort to thing. It out west,
0: it was a comfort that, thing. They wanted to feel.
2: Yes, they wanted to,
3: feel, yeah, they wanted they to want, feel like they, they, they were wanted in the to
2: bring East
0: that bit of civilization. There, right? Yeah. It, yes, exactly. It's the same reason that um, you see a lot of, and, and and I'm sure this is prevalent across. All of America, but um you know in in central Pennsylvania where we are, you see a lot of uh German and uh European named towns um right that you or yeah. or you know you get a lot of you know yorks and and Berlin we got East Berlin near us and so we got a, got a lot of towns that are named after major European cities European because cities, yeah. that's where they they settled here and they were named from their hometowns it's a, it's a lot of settlement like resettled town names they stole from european towns so mm-hmm. uh yeah. it, it's cool and, and that's all through the northeast but um yeah it's a, it's the same idea like they they're coming from a new air to a new area and they're bringing a little piece of home with them
3: they're bringing a little piece of home with them right but, that's, that's so true
0: that's very uh, cool and,
3: yeah yeah, down here, you know, you've got, well, in all across the country, through so the Midwest, too, uh, all kinds of Native American names. Yeah. Uh, places like, you know, Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, Native American and <laughs>
3: Spanish names. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Spanish names. You get, you get out here into the Southwest, and there's a lot of Spanish names, Yeah, you know, Everything's Santa something, you know. Named <laughs> right. after some saint or another. Right? Sure.
0: So, okay. So... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go, No, you go for it. You got another topic? Oh, no, I was going to let you go. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so let's um, let's kind of divert over to a new... We did a lot of on buildings. Um, let's do what I think I'm most intrigued by, and maybe this will be another topic for, like, our... Or one we'll do in a few months here, our next East Meets West, but we'll kind of scratch the surface with it... Um, what are your favorite styles that you see for the more Western uh, and, I would say, Rockies and West uh, types of modeling, whether it's the era, like the years, the types like whether it's Steam or the transitional era, or I just kind of want to feel, feel you guys out for what your favorite uh, types of modeling you see is. For your
1: area, Do you want
2: to go first. All right, I'll I'll start. Um, I really like the 1880 to 1900 period, and I don't model enough of it. I wish I could. Uh, I'll get into that later, but that's that's probably my favorite era because that's the sort of post-transcontinental railroad expansion, uh, middle of the Wild West, yeah. maybe end of the Wild West sort of era. It kind of reflects on when guys like uh, Wyatt Earp were walking around in, in Tombstone,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, up to, say, like Butch Cassidy. And, and, and for me, it, one, of the most impress, uh, one of the things that really made an impression on me when I was a kid is I went to a theme park. Oddly enough, it was Knott's Berry Farm, where some oh. outlaws jumped up on the train with their guns out and started firing and proceeded to rob us. And here we are in Colorado narrow-gauge vintage equipment, which I didn't know of at the time. And so the interest in the Old West, the train robbers, the locations that the railroads still existed, like tourist railroads, uh, uh, like the Mm Durango-Silverton, those things always made an impression on me. Because if you take that trip, it's like a trip back in time. You're in a large... Uh, Colorado, Durango is not a mining town as much as it is a railroad town, some agriculture and some other things. It's, it's kind of a main hub, but when you take that train to Silverton, you feel like you've traveled back a hundred years to dirt streets, false front buildings, mines up on the hill, pine trees, Aspen trees, snow rocks, boulders, uh, it just, and, and super blue skies. And not a lot of, when I went there, not a lot of um, modern signs of architecture anywhere. And so that that kind of place has always made an impression on me for modeling, for uh, travel, uh, that kind of stuff.
4: Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> now.
3: Yeah. yeah these... I agree.
1: <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> what, what, what do you guys, says, uh, what Jake said, go ahead. When you guys um I just banged the I just banged the uh Easy now, the dad. Real quick sorry, before my, my dad goes in my beer behind. It was my beer
0: box. One beer and my dad's banging stuff around. Real quick, what what Jake kind of described to me was like the uh and I I forget the movie. Dad my dad might be able to help me out with this because 'cause we're Clint Eastwood freaks. But there was oh, okay. what what was the what was the one Clint Eastwood movie that uh he he runs in to help that Gold Rush Town uh
2: Oh, oh! Oh, I know oh. what you're. High Plains Drifter. Yeah,
3: right.
2: Drifter. Yeah. Yes. Oh, High Plains
1: Drifter. Yes. Oh, that one. Rider was a remake did. of High Plains Drifter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, no, you're thinking. Brett's thinking about the one where he had the hickory stick. Brett, right? is that one? That's that's Rider. That's Pale Rider.
0: Oh, yeah. Pale Rider. Either one of those two. It's exactly the,
1: but,
3: the same plot as my like Yeah, it's the same plot. It's
0: almost <laughs> like... like the sequel. <laughs> it's almost like the movie... Uh, it's almost like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. It's the same plot, but different different movie. But... Uh, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, that, what Jake described was kind of that, where it's it's still like early... There wasn't a lot of influence from outside. It's It's early settlement. Right. And... I don't know. Just you got some mountain scene. You got some. You got a little bit of everything in that. So uh, kind of, kind of.
3: And you know, Jake and I have this conversation from time to time about the difference between um, the actual West Mm -hmm. and the Hollywood version of the West. Okay. Because there's (laughs) because once, once you get into the Hollywood version of the West, what you see in movies, this has been filtered through an art department. Uh-huh. And and people like Jake and I. You, know, <laughs> who, who, you who, guys our director came in and said, Well, I like this, but I don't like this. I like this. So there's somebody somebody's uh, opinions They're and case a... are overlaid over the actual history. So we get kind of a, so what we get is a is an imaginary
4: one mm-hmm.
3: in, in movies. And and frankly, I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from from an art standpoint, I, I love because if you go and look at at ghost towns in Arizona, and there are a few, and you can go out into the desert and find them. There's a great couple of great books on you know that'll that'll find it. There's not much left standing, uh, and most of the, the 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 buildings were made out of mud and rocks because that's what was locally available right. at, at the time, and they nothing much left but foundations. It's not the romantic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Western <laughs> movies, like 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 you know what you'd see in, in a movie like Tombstone or Pale Rider or, or High Plains right. Drifter, where so, it's where it's been art directed. But right, I love yeah. the art directed stuff. I love that mythology. I love I love sure. playing around with that. I think yeah, it's it's just it, so it gives it life. It gives everything life. Well, not only that, but that's what people expect to see. Right. Mm-hmm. When they think of the West, they have a they have a mental picture that's been created. Most of it has not been created by
0: actual history it's been created by hollywood and what's and what's awesome about it is yeah uh it's it's done in a way where it's created almost like a uh, almost as almost as mythological almost as like the 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 old greek it's gods small. i think of it on the yeah. on the scale of like zeus and whatever you hear those stories and then you think of like old west stories right. and you hear these Big names and and these towns that uh-huh. were involved in it, and you think of them as these grand, huge things, and in reality, right. that's an artist's right. spin on it, not necessarily what happened in real life. So, yeah uh, exactly, it's a good story. It's a good yeah. way to tell the story. So,
3: it, you know what? You know what's great if you ever if you ever want to say Great Western, you've probably seen it already. It's uh, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart,
0: uh-huh. the
3: man who shot Liberty Valance, and the takeaway from the whole movie is wrapped up by a reporter at the end. I don't want to give away the ending. But yeah, I've, Jimmy seen I've seen it. I've seen And yeah. the whole time, Jimmy, Stewart, Jimmy Stewart's a senator now. When he started out. He was, a, he was a lawyer that came out west, ransom starter. There's going to be a tribute to him in, in the Thunder Mesa layout, by the way.
0: Oh, nice, uh, nice. Nice little, <laughs> little teaser.
3: Into that movie.
0: Huh? That was a nice little teaser you threw in there.
3: Yeah, and, and he... Uh, well, anyway, at the end, um, and this is kind of my whole philosophy about the whole thing, is that... Uh, um, <clears throat> You know, there's this big legend about about Jimmy Stewart that he shot Liberty Balance, and it wasn't him. It was John Wayne. It was a John Wayne character. Right. And and he tells the whole story to this reporter, and at the end, he just tears it up and throws it away. And the guy is basically what this You know, when the legend becomes, you know, when the legend becomes the truth, print the legend, right? Because that's what people. Want to see. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely right. You know? That's that, you don't you don't want to tear that down, right? So uh, so that's why I always on my layout I try I don't strive for realism so much as believability, right? Um, make it believable, you, you, but it doesn't have to. You know, so you only salt in enough realism to make it to tell a, to tell a good story. You know, right. print the legend in other words.
1: I think right. that's who. Who wants the boring damn story? I think that's a
4: you know? good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to who wants I to a boring you know?
1: layout, you know?
0: I think that's a good lesson yeah, right. for that's a good lesson for anyone who's doing dioramas or a full scale layout or or whatever mm, from, from small to large if you're modeling. Um make it a story. Don't necessarily I mean a lot of people do prototype and that's a whole different art on its own. You know, yeah. to To the T but uh, and there's a big respect for those guys but if you're just doing something for fun yeah, yeah. and you're doing and you're mixing it you're making it accurate but you're also putting your own spin on it make it fun right. make it interesting to look at tell a story with your layout tell a story with your dioramas or your modeling
3: that's a cool yeah it's a storytelling medium yeah. I think and it, it doesn't matter what kind of story you want to tell if you want to tell I mean if you if it's if it's a documentary then yeah you're going to be a prototype model you're going to do it exactly as close as you can right. to that or you, you or if you you know want to tell high planes drifter <laughs> you, know, Embe- or, you or, can or embellish a little bit then you're going to embellish it you're going to you're going to freelance and you're right. going to do a little different I like we're, that we're yeah, the totally art director I'm gonna, I watch little...
1: that movie again <laughs> I have all the Clint Eastwood movies, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably dig that out now. Oh my okay. gosh, Dad! Oh, yeah, it's great show. But I got a question for for you guys, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Jake. Go ahead.
2: Well, what I was gonna say is, as model railroaders, we're all the art directors of our own little empire here, mm-hmm. and so that's the thing that we get to do. And 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 the better we are at being art directors, storytellers, the the easier it is to convey where the setting is what's going on in a particular town or, or industry or, or anywhere else and, and what part of the country it might be
0: in. And oh, it's, for sure. It's so. almost like how you guys worked. With, Isn't that
1: cool, too? Isn't that cool?
0: Yeah, it's almost yeah. How, how... That's a cool way to be. When you, we've had you both on the show before, and and you guys have both done a lot of work with, with Disney and a lot of other major um, productions, and we, we've talked about that. It's... You're, you... If anyone that's listening has their own workbench and their own layout and their own area of the model, you're you you are creating your own your own Disney or your own thing. It's your thing. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So you gotta think about it that way. I think that's pretty important.
1: <clears throat> oh without well, yeah.
3: yeah, it gives you a chance to to, to to tell your own story, to get involved in 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 your own little world. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. It's it's great. Now, <laughs>
1: That's
3: why I love
1: it. Now in the East here, um, we'll see a lot of stuff based on. Um, I, we, we we we've talked. To, we've exhausted uh, the stuff on George Celsius and you know that era nineteen thirties and forties and that type of thing twenties thirties forties that modeling. there's so much of that going on. And, but what I'm seeing a lot of also, and I'm seeing it a lot on YouTube. Uh, or Facebook, I'm sorry, um, is some of the modeling is coming out. It's, it's 1950s, 60s, 70s, even even early 80s, and guys doing an awesome job. Like like stuff from city stuff, like uh, from New York City, based on that, or the outskirts of, of of you know New York City in New Jersey and things like that. I'm seeing that kind of that kind of modeling done industry from that era. You, are you seeing anything along that lines from 50s, 60s, 70s um, in – Or any era. You no, know, Right. Well, no, the, the later era, Brett. Brett. Okay, I'm okay. talking about more modern era, but not modern today. Modern, you know, from –
0: Mid-century, mid-20th yeah, 80, 20th century. Yeah,
1: 80, 85 to – 55 to 85, that 30 range. I, I'm seeing a lot more of that on Facebook. And but I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of it modeled in East Coast stuff, and we know that there's modelers on the West Coast. You know, don't they don't they model the stuff from the from that those time areas? Because I don't see a lot
0: of that. Oh sure, I, I think I, it's being I'm
1: sure done. I'm
0: not. Who... Get... Let's start with Dave That's here. Right.
2: Yeah, Dave, go. Uh,
3: I, I think yeah. yeah, especially with people who model like the Santa Fe
0: mm-hmm.
3: and stuff. Like that. I see a lot of that. You know, fifties
0: and onward. Okay, the Santa Fe is a pretty popular uh, railroad line the model too.
1: Oh yeah, it's yeah,
0: it's it's a
3: biggie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, but so you see a lot of that like mid-century, mid twentieth century, and on for for that. Uh, do you see a lot of newer urban stuff done being done as, as well?
3: Hmm. Most of the stuff I see, if it's going to be, you know, Western, is going to be Los Angeles area, uh-huh. which would be Santa Fe and Southern Pacific, uh, mostly Southern Pacific. And it's um, mostly based in the 50s. Okay. I've seen. I haven't seen a lot. Uh, you know, it's mostly transition era stuff because, you know, transition era stuff's great because you get... You it too, you get steam and diesel, and of course it, and you can't leave out the uh, people who are modeling uh, the uh, Pacific Electric, and and, uh, and those lights yeah.
0: Man, that, 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 I missed that, my that, old
1: four forty six. We were talking about that. Uh, my dad and
0: I were talking about this. Forty four forty
1: six Southern Pacific train I used to have. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! And I did not care. The rest of this is before Brett was born, and uh, when I used to have my layout, and it was urban. But um,
0: he it blames it on me. East
1: Coast. No, I'm not blaming. <laughs> anything. And um, but, but um, I would my my layout was you know it was urban like it is now, uh, but it's um you know from that era 30s and 40s the same era uh, went back to that again uh, when they when they came back to it. But but um, I did not care at that time because I loved that that Southern Pacific engine so much. Did I did not care if I ran it on the East Coast layout. <laughs> and what was it again? A forty-four. You're or what about the red <laughs> orange daylight? Yeah, the orange and black. Uh, yeah, has red and orange and black. It's oh yeah. The um, mm-hmm. I think it's a four eight four Southern. Par- like that, but-
0: you said it was a Southern Pacific forty-four forty-six. Yes, yeah.
2: that's yeah. that's a, that's the daylight locomotive, the passenger engine. It's a very iconic yep, late steam. Yeah. Locomotive.
1: I loved it. It was so great. And I ran it all the time on my layout. And, you know, and, and people go, you know, the people that came over to see it, they don't even know trains. And they would go, mm-hmm. uh, that's a Pacific train. Isn't this an East Coast layout? You're like, I, I don't like, yeah. care. <laughs> I said, I don't give a shit. It looks nice. <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, slick when the, engine. Uh, when,
2: the freedom, when the Freedom Train came to Anaheim when I was a kid, it was pulled by that locomotive. And, oh, and it wow. still looked good even in
1: red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah. I remember that the nineteen seventy 1970, seventeen, nineteen seventy six, <laughs> seventeen seventy six, Freedom Train. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. I a this that is that <laughs> that, Yeah, it's just such an iconic. That's just such an iconic locomotive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Oh, I miss
3: it. it was, yeah, that, that was that
0: car, was the apex of steam, in my opinion. It's right. it's a shame my dad and I can't fit that onto the turns that we have because uh,
3: yeah,
1: I know
0: a little yeah. tight. I, and I had, I it, I had
3: another one that was in like New York that on my layout. That was well, no, the curves yeah. are way
1: too tight. Yeah, it
0: wouldn't well, fit I had, on a lot of them.
1: I had the uh, I had a similar one. I can't remember what model number it was, but it was a it was a New York Central, and it looked very very similar and it had that dark gray and light gray paint paint scheme right. it was really cool and i missed that one too oh nostalgia i'm going to get we're going to play on. this gonna
0: we're going to overlay some sappy music here for this section yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, that's,
2: that Raymond, know, era. So. that's that Raymond Lowy era of industrial design uh yeah. in, in in railroads that led to a lot of that
0: it's yeah. very cool yeah. looking yeah. so well, let's they they actually look just
3: on a shelf too.
0: They do. They do. Let's
1: yeah, I think I'm going to buy one.
0: Let's switch over yeah. to um <laughs> our some of our our patron questions and Jake might wow. have seen some since yeah, he's a patron, that. but um <laughs> And actually, it's really funny that some of them were brought up because it's some of the stuff we talked about today. But if you guys want to become patrons and join our uh, Overtime at the Bench Facebook patron group, uh, you guys can ask questions to all of our guests just like these guys do. So uh, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Customs to join in on the fun. And our first one is from Lynn McCurdy. This is personal to Jake. And you might have seen this because you gave a little like to it. Uh, are you going to the great train show in Ventura this weekend, Jake?
1: Well,
2: first I want to say that being a patron on your show means I get to ask you guys questions you, and terrorize
1: you all you year do. long. And it is well <laughs> <the> investment. Okay. <laughs> you, you get your we money's it. worth. I love it. There's some good ones. You guys come up with
0: some you, real good ones. Jake's really good at throwing the questions in that are like, Really specific and dive deep into the kit building and manufacturing stuff and, and the inspiration colors. of the art, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So to answer Lynn's question, um, th- that's a maybe. Um, <laughs> in, in my scale, SM3, 164, three-foot narrow gauge, I can hardly find anything at a train show. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I'm i torn because sometimes I find better merchandise if I stay home and look on eBay than <laughs> if I go to a train show. <laughs> so uh, I've thought about it. Maybe there's uh, maybe there's a good reason for me to go. The traffic's a little uh, hectic on the weekends on that 101 freeway, but uh, I, I'm going to give it a definite maybe. Okay. Uh, if my girlfriend's doing homework all weekend, then uh, I, I might be able to get away. All right. Cool.
0: Sounds like a plan. All right. Next one is from Dan Pugatch, uh, and this is for both of you. Uh, we'll start with Dave on this one. What scale, era, and location do you model for your yourself at home? Like, what's your most common scale, era, and light location? What was that? Dan Pugatch asks, "Scale, era, and location." What's your most common scale, era, and location that you model for yourself while you're doing it on your own? Right. It's on thirty.
3: Uh, The era is uh, 1890 to 1910, and the location is somewhere in the vast Four Corners region of the United States. Okay. That's where Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico come together.
0: Right. That's a cool little area.
3: Yeah. It's a great area. It's got a lot of great scenery.
0: Yeah. It's a a very diverse. area.
3: Colorado Plateau.
0: Was that Jake?
2: The Colorado Plateau.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a very diverse area. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what about you, Jake? There's elevation change. There is. (laughs) You get a very uh, wild range in in elevation. Yep. So what's Jake's scale era and location that he likes to model for pleasure?
2: Scale. So the scale is SN3. That's 164th scale, 3-foot narrow gauge, which you can hardly find anywhere. Call me me crazy. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I've got some beautiful locomotives, kits, and cars. And half the reason I got into laser cutting was I wanted to design the buildings that I wanted in S scale. Right. Okay. That's, that's that's a topic for another time. But that's that's where that came from. Because if I want something cool for S scale, if I I've either got to scratch build it by what few kits are out there or make it myself. Right. Um, so that's that's the scale. The era that I like is a little broad. I like anything from the uh, 1870s on up to the uh, pre-diesel steam era. And on the Denver and Rio Grande narrow gauge, that lasts all the way into the late 60s. Wow. So I'm not into modeling narrow gauge DNRG in the late 60s, but I would prefer to kind of cut it off to right at the end of – when the Rio Grande and the Rio Grande Southern in Colorado were both operating at the same time, which is like
4: Mm
2: -hmm. 40s-ish era, Mm -hmm. maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. So that's uh, that's the railroad. And that locale is going to include things where there's mining and cattle ranching and agriculture, uh, mining towns, stamp mills, Uh, logging camps, lots of trestles, aspen trees, boulders, gorges,
0: that kind of stuff. You get a a wide mix of stuff there that you can work with. It's pretty. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and I wish I I, could pin it down to the era because I I like my box headlights, my wooden cabs, and and my, uh, uh, you know, sunflower and and diamond stacks. Those
4: sure <laughs> to, no that's cool that. too
1: now my question sure. is why what what made you go to sn3 i mean out of all the stuff that's out there on the market yeah what was it, <laughs> what was it to you? Yeah, that said, Jake, i gotta have sn3
2: i'll tell you what it was um you know, you get the O scale train set, it's got three rails, and the first thing you want to do is get rid of that third rail and HO scale comes along. Okay, great. You're an HO scale. Well, all of a sudden, you start to realize that some of your favorite railroads and some of these neat little places are three foot narrow gates. So you're like, oh, I've got to have SN3 or uh, HON3. And so you buy your HO equipment and your HON3 equipment and you run them side by side and You've already got the figures and the structures, so it's it, it's a natural evolution to just get into HON3. And then I started to build some HON3 stuff, and I didn't really have the uh, ultra-fine patience and motor skills to make it what I wanted it to be in terms of detail. And sn 3 is 33% larger, so all of a sudden grab irons and coupler lift bars and rivet counting, all of a sudden, can be a real thing.
1: Yeah, they will pop. they will pop at that size, you know? You know
2: yeah, you can... and, and you can see all the brake rigging underneath, and it's not just gobs of glue holding wire together yeah. when you're doing that kind of stuff. And I was like, I like the scale because I can see these models. They have the mass of an HO scale model, maybe just a tiny, slight bit smaller than an O thirty model, which Dave will appreciate. And I just found that it was a really perfect scale. I I, I know I'm standing on an island here, but I think it's a really perfect scale. I've I've collected a lot of SN3. It It sounds like a. a, With the lotto, I'm going to build a big SN3 layout. So
0: it sounds like you you went on a long and expensive journey to to your way to your current scale, where you went from HO to to. Oh, to H O N three to S. What's that, Dan?
2: Yeah, and I started actually modeling S N three probably back in the um, in the late eighties. Okay, but here's the thing, and and
1: barely. What's that? No, here's the thing. Yes, it's it's a rarity to be able to find anything like you were saying, and it's a it's a it's a you know, there's not many S N three people out there. Okay, um, as we know, but it, it, not only that though. It, it, what you said is you had to create a lot of your stuff, and you're you and Dave too. You guys are creators. It forces you to become. So, it forces
0: you to become a craftsman,
1: right? And it, and yeah, it, yeah. It, it, You can get. You can get. Is it better to just be able to go out and buy every every freaking piece that you can that's available in the world for H like HO scale? Or is it kind of cool as a creator person or a designer such as yourself um, where you can actually design it and get exactly what you want and the satisfaction and the challenge of being able to satisfy your own taste um, for what you want out of it or with your own satisfaction for achieving what you would the look you're looking for? Would right. you get that same thing from being able to go out and buy it? And I don't think you would be able to. Um, I don't think that would satisfy a person like you or a person like Dave. Um, it, well, I,
2: I have to tell you, I, I try and live <laughs> in the best of both worlds. I buy the things I want and I make the things I want. Okay. And so I, 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 I want to say I have it all.
3: <laughs> you do, Jake. But that,
2: that's what I do. You know, it's like it, a box car kit. An SN3 takes about a day to paint and build because of the amount of detail and craftsmanship in it. Right. But for seventy dollars, I can buy that same box car ready to run. So now, instead of me building that box car, maybe I'll build something that no one makes a kit of, so I can have a unique piece. Next to a generic piece, even though it's on the same railroad, and so I think you kind of have to pick your battles as to what you want to build as a craftsman and what you want, what you can buy.
1: Right. So. Right. Oh. Nice. Is that hold is that whole true for you too, Dave? I mean, do you, would you rather b- make it yourself or would you rather buy it?
3: Or do you enjoy buying um,
1: If there's this, if there's this, what's
3: if the, if it, if it's available? Yeah. And, or, I can, or I can make it into what I want. I will. And if it, I will buy it so as a shortcut, right? Know? And, okay. and this, is this is especially true for things like locomotives and stuff.
1: like So that. long as it looks uh, right, you know. Obviously, so long yeah. as it looks right.
3: But yeah. but but at the same time, if there's something that's not available, I'm just like Jake. I will design it and make it, right? Uh, and enjoy the heck out of doing it. <laughs> cool. So yeah, you know, I'm saying you know, Throw a bunch of quirky stuff in there, like flying <laughs> ghosts or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but that's you know that's uh, because that's what I enjoy doing. My, my main, the main thing I enjoy is, as far as the hobby goes is structures and scenery. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where most of that comes in. I, I you know, I, I scratch build almost 100 percent of my structures, yeah. uh, or you know, if there's a kit that's close, I'll use parts from it. Everything right. is raw materials, as far as I'm concerned. I open a box, and I, I shouldn't say this as a as a, as a kit uh, seller now. <laughs> but I open I open up a kit, and I see a box of raw materials, and right. uh, I'll glance at the instructions, and then go, "Okay, well, we're going to do this," you know. <clears throat> but that's part of the fun for me personally. Right. Is right. is is that kit bashing and just using things uh, um, and figuring out how to do it, you know? That's, that's
1: cool. Fun. Cool. And I, I, I figured it, that, that was going to be the answer I got from two guys that are very, very creative and able to come up with something. If it's not available, they will come up with it on their own. Right. And I think that's that really cool. Unlike, well, we'll do some of that. But a lot of times we're like, oh, I'd like to have that, but it's not available yet. But when it is available, I'm going to get it.
0: Wow. <laughs> you know for 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 scratch building I'll do some scratch builds yeah, and got, um
1: for scratch building yeah for but, small details and things like that we'll
0: but detail we'll parts around. yeah we'll wait yeah. I'll wait it out cuz I'm hard, not about it's to learn
1: HO to do that too, I'm not
0: so about true. to learn how to spin cast some white metal parts or do right, whatever right. I need to but uh we do have a <laughs> a patron who I'm going to do a question for next who has done some um uh he's done some mold creating of his own, like latex molds and rubber molds, and uh, to replicate parts over and over again, who we might end up having to talk to, Dad to uh, yes, replicate for a certain day. build we want to do, but right. um the next question comes from this person, this gentleman, Matthew Hankins, and we did cover his question pretty thoroughly earlier, so we're going to just address his question and then move on. but um, he was asking, how do you make your cacti uh which we went through. Uh, with the yeah. gold foam and, and hand crating them, which uh, maybe we predicted that that I question was to tell you. go ahead
2: I, I forgot to tell you about one of the
0: cactus that I made. Oh go that, for it uh, we didn't cover. Well this will cover it perfectly. And, How do you make your cacti
2: <laughs> well there's a, there's a specific kind of cacti called acatillo, mm. and it's a very long, spiny, thin cactus. And in the spring, it gets tiny little red flowers on it. And so I took some copper wire, and I soldered it at the base, and it was about an inch to an inch and a half tall, depending on your scale, and you want to get the diameter close enough to write. And you solder that at the base, and then you spread them all out. It helps to find some good pictures of Ocotillo. Uh Spray paint them green, and then dip the tips in some glue, Followed by some red ground foam, and you get nice spring blooming Ocotillo cactus, which complements all the other cactus Dave and I have been talking about. So,
3: yes, they're they're beautiful. They, and they used to plant them as uh, fences out here. You would plant a whole row of them, huh. call it coyote fence, because the coyotes all not go through because they have big long thorns on them. I wouldn't even
0: go Do through that. You, <laughs> you
1: need to get some. You need to get some cacti I, in your yard. Hey, you guys
0: need to send me some yeah, of those right. cacti because we get coyote got- out here all the time. <laughs> Do you have bear? Ca- yeah. Do you have a bear fence too? Because <laughs> I've been getting bears all the time lately.
3: <laughs> I think a fence. There was w- a bear that was coming down. There's a winery not too far away from where I live, and they were coming down. And when the grapes were ripe, there was a black bear that was coming down and, uh, Yeah? breaking into the vineyard, vineyard and eating the grapes. Yeah,
0: I mean black bear. They're pretty. <laughs> yeah, the- they're pretty docile. They're pretty tame. Not tame. Yeah but they're yeah. pretty... Brad's,
1: Brad's hoping, so that way he doesn't run out on another one in the middle yeah. of the night. Jake, yeah. you, you you
0: guys heard my yeah, Christmas Eve story, right?
3: I, you know, when I was walking the dog, I would see his large, uh, large leavings <laughs> on the trails. <laughs> yeah. mistaking it. Well, Jake, Jake
4: did,
0: oh, yeah, did, did you hear my Christmas Eve story? Oh, my
2: gosh. I think I, I, I've forgotten all the details, but I know there's a bear involved. Yeah. So I do remember. Here's yeah, like
0: we, that. we, yeah, there was involved with, um, I'll make it short, was the, uh, I was told by my wife to go out to the car on Christmas Eve to get a Christmas gift in order to wrap. Because, you know, we got parents of young kids, and we're parents of young kids, and we're wrapping gifts until midnight. But um, uh, long and short of it, it was it I was on my way to the SUV to get a, the gift out. And uh, what do you know? There's a black bear right beside my SUV. So him and I both turned the opposite direction. Both of us were swearing, running in the opposite direction after we scared each other, uh, running towards the house and towards the woods. But, uh, uh, you know, Black Bear, they're pretty friendly. I mean, not friendly, but they're pretty uh, – they're just as afraid of us as we are of them. So,
1: Yeah, it's, it's highly
3: unlikely you're going to get attacked <laughs> by a Black Bear. But uh, yeah, every time I've seen one in in the wild they they turn around and run like,
0: You see them once they're running, usually. But, yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. All right. I thought bam. it was a big dog. I'm like, man, that's a big dog. And then I realized oh, that's a bear.
0: Yeah. Let's do the uh <laughs> let's move on to our next question from Ron Piskel. And this one is your opinion of nail holes. So this is a long running debate on our show and between and modelers. So are you guys a fan of nail nail holes in your structures or not? Yay or nay? And if you are, what is your preferred way of of distressing and making nail holes?
2: <clears throat> okay, uh, wow. Dave, you talk about your nail holes. I'll talk about mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: it's funny. I I like them sometimes. Okay, I don't put them in everything. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, there's a period in a build when you get to it and you sit there and let you look at it and say, is it done? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then I might go back and put, if it's possible to put nail holes in if I think it needs it. Right. Um, artistically, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not, I don't have a hard and fast rule about it. Yes or no. So I can't, I can't join a side on that debate. Um, I think in the larger scales, oh, especially, sure, yeah, you, you should put them in if if you think it's appropriate. In HO, eh, Maybe. you're not going to see them. It's, it's be- I think it's below the detail threshold. You okay. Know, you're not, it, it, yeah, and N scale, forget about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't even want to imagine my creating those. With a, with a straight pin and a pin button. Yeah. <laughs> but so just put them in like that.
0: Okay, I agree with that. I won't. I won't. I won't hate on you for that one. I think I'm probably. Okay. Fi- I'm probably fifty-fifty with my nail hole usage for HO. I th- I think yeah. some of my um my larger buildings that I've done, the larger ones I've done, I've always put nail holes on, but the smaller, you know, two-story and smaller buildings, I don't put nail holes in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my like my own little my own little rule. So
3: I do have a pet peeve with nail holes, though.
0: Oh, real if quick, before we go to Jake's, so let's hear
3: that. Oh, I know if where in he's in going. <laughs> it's like I'll be looking at a wall, on a mile and I'm going, there's no studs there. Yeah. Why would there be nails, yeah. <laughs> Why would there be nails yeah. in that I, board if there's no, there's no wood behind it? That, that bothers me.
1: It bothers me with lifted that's that's boards. Up. The lifted boards yeah. where, yeah. now, if it's a warp board, it doesn't matter. Right. But if it's a lifted oh. board, and they make that vertical cut, where the board lifts on ah, uh, right,
0: And there's you, a nail. And you do uh. it,
1: and there's no nail hole there to show where, where the nail hole would have came up. You know, then it yeah. looks ri- ridiculous. To me, it does. Right. Yep. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 that bothers me for some reason. And and uh, so whenever I lift mm. a board, I always try and lift it wherever nail holes in that stud would be. And then... The de- Right. And you got to make sure... Well, usually when you're making that vertical cut, it'll also define the other board, but then on the other side of the board, shouldn't we put another row shouldn't we put a couple of not- a couple other nails on? Nail holes in there? On the on the opposite side of that line, the vertical line that you cut? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. But nobody does that. You know? Right. But so. they would be there in real life. Yeah. Right. <clears throat>
0: yeah. Huh. So what's Jake's take on this?
2: Well, it, it, it's pretty close to Dave's. One of my pet peeves, uh, like, like Dave said, is, is, is there's no stud behind there. And, and I challenge all of you who get to go into old buildings to study the framing inside mm-hmm. because it's not all two by 4 studs at 16-inch centers. There's several different ways to do it. And so that's something if you really want to bring the story to a higher level of realism is to figure that stuff out. Board and batten siding structures don't necessarily have the same framing underneath them that a right. clapboard structure does. And so those nail holes are going to go horizontal, mm-hmm. where uh, your clapboard nails holes are going to be vertical in some cases. Right. Um, the other, the, my other pet peeve is pounce wheels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there are some craft store pounce wheels, I think, in my opinion, that are a little too heavy, that are drawing giant square craters on the sides oh, yeah. of people's buildings. <laughs> okay? Um, I, I, I saw this happen and I what I didn't like is, because I, 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 I tried it, is that pounce wheel was putting a nail hole where I didn't want it, where I, as a, as a former carpenter, knew if I was nailing a flat board where that nail would go and it would not go where the pounce wheel was putting it. Plus, it's perfect spacing. There's no irregularities to it. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I started to get uh, where I would just take a T-pin, and I would just put all the little nail holes in, and I would draw pencil lines so I could follow a straight line. Jimmy Simmons came out with a thing called a monster nailer, which had two pins uh, glued next to each other so that you could take one hit and make two holes at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you guys... Tipped me off to the RB Productions military grade micro pounce wheels, which I haven't used yet. I have a full set of them. And actually, I'm tempted.
0: That was, we were tipped off to that by Dave Cruzwick. So. Yes.
2: Ah! Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And those are great because they and, fit. And
2: so to Dave's point,
0: they fit right inside your Zacto knife. Mm hmm.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I, I'm kind of with Dave. Sometimes you need them, sometimes you don't. I right. I've, uh, started a long time ago with nail holes, and and you gotta love them. And what I find interesting is you start to look at real buildings. There's buildings you can see the nail holes, and there's buildings that you can't see the nail marks. Exactly. And so it, a lot of it depends on the weathering, and you just you kind of have to start to study the prototype photos a little closer. Yeah, you have to, to study. Replicate. You have
0: to learn. You have to study the age of buildings. You have to study the uh, way the building was constructed. And that's what I think I've, in the beginning, I started doing all nail holes. And now that I'm, you know, we're a, a bunch of years into this, I am probably 50-50 on what I do uh, based on the style of the building, the age of the building, uh, what I want the building to look like as far as if it's extremely weathered or not. Um, you know, it's kind of a, uh a gut feeling on whether I add nail holes or not because um sometimes it can be too much. So
1: Hey I have seen square nail holes when I've been to like places like Harper's Ferry <laughs> and Williamsburg, Virginia Old colonial stuff. And old colonial stuff where they were building the the they had the square nail heads and stuff, right. you know? But that's the only time I've ever yeah. seen square nail holes.
2: <laughs> Not right. the kind you can st- stick your thumb into, though. Your no, no,
3: no exactly.
1: Yeah, right. you can't put
2: your whole thumb
3: into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, one, one, just one last point I want to make on nail holes. I'm far more likely to put nail hole nails in unpainted wood mm-hmm. than on, on a wall that's painted. Right. Like, yeah. Because they'd be they'd be you're far more likely to see them on. They'd be wood.
0: hidden by a couple layers of paint. They'd be
3: hitting my couple. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yep. okay, yep. let's move on to our next question because we have a, just a couple more here, um, and this one's from Dan Banks. So, this one's a multi-part question. We're gonna do, we're gonna dissect it a couple at a time. So, let's try and do some uh, quick hits at it. Uh, is your is your source of inspiration for the layout purely Disney, or for is your source of you're modeling basically purely Disney or do you have, do you pull from other stuff, which we kind of talked about earlier?
3: That's the first part of the question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's uh well, here's the thing. Um, no. Uh, but when I do go to something Disney has done for inspiration, my process is to, ask where did they get their inspiration right this is what i it's like i see something that's cool it's like oh that's neat that they did that where did they get that idea so it's kind of a reverse imagineering so you've got to go a layer deeper and and do a little bit more research rather than just that's why i don't model you know disneyland (laughs) as it's it's you know and people do and they do a great job it's beautiful but what what i like to do is say okay where did where did the, what was the thinking there where did that idea come from how how did they arrive at that design mm-hmm. and then go another layer deeper and and of course that's much that's very rich you find all kinds of interesting things that way mm-hmm. but by by kind of replicating the imagineering process rather than just copying what's right. been done so i hope that answers the question so yeah some of it comes from disney but i'll go you know to the next okay where why does it look like that uh, and um you know and a lot of it's you know i live in the southwest i live you can see the red rocks of sedona out my front window from my house so that's not I jealous a inspiration at all. for that and I go up to Moab, Utah every every now and then in arches so I get a lot of inspiration from that natural environment from national parks right you know things like that there's there's all kinds of things that kind of dovetail
0: together Definitely not jealous of you at all for being able to see that stuff like within a, a short drive <laughs> I am well you know though I I live right along the blue I mean for what it is I live literally on the Edge of the Blue Ridge Mountains, which is the Appalachian Mountain chain, which is, a, you know, it's a cool sight. My dad's seen it driving towards my house uh, when you're coming
1: I see, up. I see Appalachians every every day. Yeah.
0: No, but I mean when you're coming up my road and you see the mountains as you're driving straight towards them. Yeah, that's my own little it's
1: different. It's a different style beauty.
0: They're short mountains, but they're they're pretty. So, right. But I am jealous of what you see, and and and. Yeah, that's it. I'm jealous of it. <laughs> <laughs> So what about you, I'm, heading, you know, out,
1: you know, I'm heading out to uh, – it's not the well. same, but I'm heading out to uh, Vegas here in a couple of months. And I plan to see the uh, um, Red Rock uh, Park out there, which I have not Red, love Red, rock.
0: Red rock Canyon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Red Rock Canyon. So I'm, I'm definitely going to see some of that. And um, I'm looking forward to it because I've never seen any of that kind of style rock before. Uh, that will be a first for me. So um, definitely.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, what about you, Jake? Um, and this is for the first part. Uh, is your layout or is your inspiration for modeling um, drawn from other places other than Disney, or is it from a lot of your work with that, or do you pull it in to work when you're working with Disney?
2: Um, I, I try and pull in, I, I think I kind of elaborated on my interest in Colorado and the Old West. Uh-huh. I've tried to pull that into uh, some Disney things that I've done, for example, if, if you go out of the park and you and you go to the new Star Wars land, when you're in this little area called Critter Country, you go underneath the railroad tracks and into uh, Star Wars land, or or uh, Batu, whatever you want to call it. Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge, thank That's you, Dave, like I
3: should
2: cent. know better. Yes. <laughs> Samsung's Galaxy's Edge presents
3: Samsung. Anyway,
2: uh, <laughs> you walk underneath a bridge to get to Galaxy's Edge, and it's a How Trust bridge that uh, I uh, was very fond of. that's right out uh, north of Durango. And one day I was brought in, yeah, the Hermosa Creek Bridge. One day I brought in some photographs of some bridges, and we were talking about how to redesign the railroad with the uh, Star Wars expansion, and I showed them a picture of that. I ended up building a little model of it. Our mutual friend Sam Toller built a much larger, detailed model of it, and that model is in a park because I brought a picture of something from Colorado uh, to Disney one day. So I don't know if that completely answers the question. I try and and always bring my stuff to that, but I don't really model anything specifically Disney. I did get that out of my system, building models for them. And Dave and I obviously have an interest in Big Thunder Mountain and Nature's Wonderland, these Disneyland attractions. I always wanted to build something that resembled Big Thunder Mountain. Well, they paid me to do it, so right. I kind of got that out of my system. <laughs> but, you know, Dave and I connected uh, through that because we both modeled some similar Disney Old West iconic structures and, and themes. Uh, so that that's, I think, one of the first things where Dave and I connected was was modeling that kind of uh
3: uh, era and, and, yeah. and see, see, but, but and, see, as, as, as an artist, I go to Disneyland and I look at time. And I go, well, that's really cool. But if I was going to do it, I would do it this way, which is fine. So I'm trying to improve on it. <laughs>
0: you're, you're looking at ways that they can. I, all, I it? love it. I love it. Yeah. Um. We're going to move on to the next question from Scott Perry. And this one's actually a cool uh, question that kind of ties our theme of this week's podcast, which is East meets West. Um, So Scott is asking the way that wood weathers in these two regions is vastly different, which we know we have different weather patterns. We have different, different climates and everything. How do each of you Weather wood on a model, including products, brushes, and distressing tools that you use. So, kind of walk us through the way that you would distress your wood models or wood buildings versus how we've done it. And we've talked about it on the show plenty of times on the way we do it, though.
2: Wow.
0: Um, Jake, you go? You I, go? I will say, <laughs> what's that? Go? Is that what you said? Yeah, go for it, Jake. Yeah, is that, do you want to like go DC? or?
2: i'll go i'll go because it's short okay um i use i like to use wire brushes and occasionally some sandpaper followed by a scotch bright pad to get all the wood fuzz from from using the wire brushes and uh, um there's some tiny does that work does the scotch
1: bright pad take the fuzz off
2: it can yeah but but it depends on how much mess you make with the wire brushes um but there's these little uh, German brushes that are about three-sixteenths of an inch in diameter, and I think you can get them from Micromark, and they're great. Uh, they also come with like a fiberglass eraser. Uh, I like okay. to use yep. those. Uh, and I, you know, like everyone else, I mix leather dye and alcohol in different colors and shades, uh, nail holes. One of my pet peeves is using a razor saw for wood grain. I would rather use uh, any number of different wire brush grits or grades right. than uh, razor saw. To me, have a parallel grain with the exact same depth. I'd rather use a wire brush.
1: Sure. Um, that's I that's about it. Bubble. And then you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I knew there was something, Dave. I knew it.
3: It's ah, not, yeah, something that just wasn't right. <laughs> I curve it when I go. I make it curvy. So you make it recipes. curvy. Uh,
1: yeah, that's true. Now, in the east on the east coast I see a lot of wood that graze and then I'm I'm sure it does it in the west as well. However, um I also see where we have a lot of moisture here. Not that you don't, um you know, so it depends on what side of the west coast you're on. Um, or in the west you're at, uh, you get different varying amounts of, of yeah, moisture the, or rain. If
0: you're in the desert, you're not going to have a lot of mold right. and mildew.
1: Well, not only that, but you, here's the deal. I think in the east you'll see a lot more of the wood, um, as it absorbs water, it tends to bloat or expand. And uh, with, right. within the west where you have less water you, and more sun and heat, uh do you see shrinkage of the wood or you know um in that in that regard cracking heavier cracking um is is that is that a true statement or my well, yeah is it? it is yeah oh. it, it, like if you have a wooden chair here in Arizona that
3: mm-hmm. you bring from say you know say you live someplace east of the Rockies and mm-hmm. you bring this heirloom wooden chair that's been in your family for generations to Arizona mm-hmm. within a year <laughs> it will start to fall apart <laughs> in a lot of cases right because the wood shrinks
4: mm-hmm.
3: and those glue joints come undone okay. and and pieces start to fall off and okay. so you have to i mean if, if we have musical instruments i play guitar and uh, there's a problem with humidity you know with the lack of humidity you have sure. to keep an eye on that kind of stuff because the wood yeah definitely it shrinks so, yes, that's a – so if you have a, a, a building with, with parallel wooden boards on the outside, clapboards or whatever, uh, right. there you you can see gaps between them over If it's an old building. Right. Yeah, over time. Okay. Sure.
0: All
2: right. It's a dry heat.
0: Right. It's a <laughs> dry heat. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting, though, because it's, it's something that, you know, you wouldn't think to do for – if you're east of the Mississippi – because it's so humid here, you don't get that. You don't get that cracking, and you yes. don't get that splitting. Right?
3: Huh? You want to talk right, about stains things. at all, Jake? What, what kind of what kind of woods that you you said? alcohol is- Oh,
2: I just leather you dye and alcohol. is oil paints. Right. Oh well, yeah, I was mixing some oil paint and mineral spirits to create some different stains, and I find that that's really good for siding because mineral stains doesn't warp wood like water does. Right. Or alcohol. Right.
1: right. That's why right. with that, I do like working with minerals. Oh. Okay,
0: yep. Yeah, anything
3: I yeah, work with, I stay away from any kind of water-based thing because it warps. It warps everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, you really, you really got to make sure you brace the heck out of a structure if you're going to use any water-based right. stuff because it, it'll just turn into a bow and arrow. It just, it, it just right. becomes like a C shape pretty quick. yeah right. um,
3: there is one. There actually uh, there is an exception to that. Uh, if I'm doing a really weathered wood Uh, and I don't know if this is a technique I can teach to other people but um, I use watercolors and I'll go back in and mix up some silvery grays and watercolors and you can get some great silvery grays by mixing uh, ultramarine and burnt sienna and I just squeeze them out of a tube Hmm. and you can make it more blue or more brown depending on how you mix them together, a little bit of water, small brush and I'll go in and I'll actually paint grain on with that with with well, like a like a double zero brush. Huh. But that's that's just me being very anal retentive, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you can get some really Hey, beauty. I I'm all about that. I love that you do that. I'm I'm a I'm one of those people who likes to go in for the very, very fine tiny, itty bitty
0: stuff. That you know? would be something cool to well, see in a video if you could if you could ever well, Oh,
3: maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll throw that. And one and I was just thinking what one of the places I really use that kind of technique the most is on something like scribed siding, where yeah. it's not individual boards, where it's all one piece of wood, but it's cut to look like multiple pieces of wood. It's really hard with just staining that to make it look like it's a bunch of different pieces of wood. But if you go back with a brush and some watercolors, you can make them look like individual boards. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do a video on that.
0: That'd be a cool, like you said, it's it's something that's hard to explain by just telling someone, but yeah. by showing someone, it might be something that just like it's
3: actually not hard to do. I think any, just about anybody
1: could do it with the right material.
0: Hmm. I'd right. be I'd be cool to see.
1: I put wood grain into a deck on a on a boat on our one of those seaport model work boats on our on our layout. Uh, it, ha- it had mm-hmm. decking, but I wanted to put grain in it because it was a resin cast, and but um, mm-hmm. and it had grain marks in it, but it was a resin cast, so it didn't. It didn't, once you started putting paint on, it filled in really, it, it's different than wood, right. you know? And you don't want to <laughs> scrape it, and you don't want to scrape it because it is resin, and then you'll draw out some of the, you know, it'll, you know how resin, when you start scraping it or putting, gouging it, you'll get those little curly plastic things that'll right. pop up out. Well, I didn't want that, so I wanted to put my own in. I used a fan brush, a very uh, smaller fan brush, and, um... He used a very, very light amount of different darker umbers, burnt umber, raw umber, and mm-hmm. then went across the light panels or put the, put the wood, wood coloring down and then went over very, very lightly with this, with those shades. And you couldn't, you had to be careful. And it's like you said, it's, it's like it's a double, double zero brush. You have to, you right. know, it, you know, it, you got to pick and choose your spots, but you can make mm-hmm. it look like real wood. When I was done, you couldn't tell it wasn't wood you know yeah you got to take your time yeah yeah
3: exactly all right That's why it's a craft you you're not supposed to be in a hurry
0: no <laughs> all right exactly it wouldn't be craftsman building if you were if you were hurrying
2: <laughs>
3: well yeah unless you're getting
0: paid for it
3: right
2: right right and yeah yeah
3: professionally i have to yeah <laughs>
4: right
0: let's jump into our next shortcuts. question and this one's a little bit i'm you know what i'm 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 debating whether we even ask this one on the show because you guys are on here already. But this one's from uh, our patron, Jake Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) He says, when did you start building Craftsman kits? Or when did... Ask me about when I started building Craftsman kits. So I'm going to open this up actually just to torture Jake a little bit and ask Dave first when he started building Craftsman kits. And then I'm going to go over to Dave. My
3: first Craftsman kit, I'm sure, it was a Campbell Scale Models HO kit. It was a tobacco shop and uh, the tobacconist shop, and I think I built it when I was about
0: 15. Okay, cool.
3: Um, yeah, that would that would be the – it was definitely a Craftsman. It was definitely a Campbell kit.
0: Which is a great one to get your hands into first. Oh, it was a
3: great kit, start. Too. Yeah, it was a great start had a great local hobby shop back in those days where they had all of that stuff. Those, nice. Those little, little plat boxes. Yeah.
0: So what about you, Jake? Yep. Didn't you ask a question?
2: <laughs> well, my, my, my story <laughs> is very name? similar. You know, Dave and I both grew up in Orange County, and Cattle Scale Models was located in Orange County. That's right. And my mother, being an ideal Boy Scout leader, took us on a field trip to Campbell Scale Model, which you've got to know made a big impression on
1: me as a kid. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome.
2: So <clears throat> my first uh, craftsman kits were Campbell kits as well. I built a farmhouse and a barn, and I've got a handful of other structures, and they've got nail hole details on them. And I'm in the process, because I never got rid of them, of restoring them. So that I nice. kind of bring them back to the way they looked when I was 15 and maybe how they should also kind of look right now, but, uh, they're still in, they're still in rough stages, but uh, <laughs> yeah, about
3: 15. So, yeah. I still have
0: that tobacco
1: shop kit uh, uh, in, in a drawer somewhere. That's so, awesome. <laughs> cool. My dad yeah, actually, my first, uh, uh, my first Campbell's kit, my first, <laughs> uh, uh, craftsman kit was a couple Campbell kits is what I built. And, um, Pickens Place, I believe it was the first, one of the first ones, and um, it was a livestock pen, or, it was a livestock building that I built as well, and uh, and then of course the third one I built, that um, was I had a lot of plastic structures on my on my layout the first time I had my layout year, years and years ago, but then one of the one of the third craftsman kits I built was a Campbell's and that was that wharf uh that they had and it was became part oh, of my, cool. well could become part yep. of my waterfront and i was all excited because i you know we were newly married and and uh i, I thought it, i thought that you know 22 dollars for the whole wharf thing was gonna be a whole shitload of money i couldn't explain <laughs> you know i got a baby <laughs> on the way and everything else and uh you know now you're looking at it you're like oh my gosh these kids are i wish i could have
0: paid now. i wish i could pay 22 dollars for a kid now
1: i was it came in the mail, and I was all excited because I got this kit, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great! I saw pictures in Model Rotor Road 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 Magazine, and you know, and yeah. uh, put it together, and you know, never had, and I never had enough money back then to to buy the to buy the red or yellow box kits. So the Campbell models were awesome because they were a little bit less, but you still got a cra- cool craftsman kit out of it, and, and a lot of people, I think, a lot of people cut their teeth on that, and um, oh yeah cables, so I
3: think I still yeah. have a roll of those uh, those uh, shingles. <laughs> hell yeah, Some, like, brown paper shingles. I, still, I think I still have a roll.
0: They might be dry rotted by now. I Who just, knows?
1: I just did that. Uh, that I bet they won't it, stick anymore. No, <laughs> uh, they they're, they're they're horrible now when they're older like that. I bought, <laughs> I bought that uh, Baxter's uh, building supply from FSM, uh, the FSM kit, and uh, uh, you know, and it was you know so. It was how old is that now? I mean, it, you know, right. it's been sitting there for decades, and I got the box. and Don't get me wrong; it, I had a blast putting it together, but it came with that same roll, Dave, of right. the you know, of the <laughs> right. and and I and I forgot. I forgot. It's been a long time since I had one of those rolls, and Dude, that's uh, like I started a working. The of passage
3: it. is those Campbell shingles, man.
1: and they always come off the spool. They come right off a of spool, yeah. and then you got, then you got yeah. this like this. It's like a big plate of spaghetti sitting on your workbench. Put <laughs> it yeah, in a ziploc bag. Yeah, put it in a ziploc. we all been there, huh? Yeah, I, I had to do that. I had to put, it a, I had to put it in a ziploc bag as well uh, because it yeah. was just I couldn't work with it. It was uh, I was so frustrated. I was swearing <laughs> at it and I'm like pushing it all over the place. And yeah, it was. Uh, it, it turned out nice, but. But then it, you brought back the old memories of putting those on with glue. Well, you you couldn't – they never stuck anyways. To me, they didn't stick. They no. definitely don't stick now when they've been <laughs> in a box for no. 30 years, you know? No. But A little, uh, little yellow glue. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. I actually Damn. have my first Campbell's kit coming up uh, after I finished a terminal from uh, Foscale Models is the Brett's Brewery from Campbell's. So, oh, yeah.
3: Um, oh, yeah.
0: We had, a, we had a fan and patron of our show uh, donate that kit to us and just because my name, Brett, and he thought it was fitting. So uh, that'll be my next build, and it has a roll of those shingles in it, so I'm dreading them after you guys talked about this. But uh, it'll still be fun. Uh, hey, don't, you know they're, they're famous. Don't be
2: lured by the modern technology of laser shingles to replace those with. I, I know it's very
0: tempting. I will not. I'm actually going to use everything in the box to build that kit the way it is, just because it was a gift. Any of our gift ones, we we, we always build them to the t, uh, because that's what they were meant to be, and we try to do them that way. But um, it's it's a yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, it's, it's, you got to build the classics the way they were meant to be, and, and, and have a little fun with them. You can you can do a little bit of creative freedom with them, but you know they're not making those ones anymore. So I'd kind of like to you know the restore the classicness of that of that kit and the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. So um,
3: I'll tell you what was a big moment in my life is when I when I came to Arizona uh, over about twenty five years ago, uh, and finding the Skull Valley Depot. Oh. the actual soul Valley Depot that the Campbell kit is based on it's, it, it's right over the mountain from where I live now <laughs> wow and actually going in person I
4: was like wow I, I had that kit
0: you know cool. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> that was a big moment that was a big moment <laughs> so I think the Very actual nostalgic. the first um Craftsman kit that I did since we're all going to share our Craftsman kits was the um the cigar shop from bar mills, which is, I know you guys, I'm sorry. It's a newer, it's a newer age kit, (laughs) but uh, you know, I didn't get in, (laughs) I didn't get into the craftsman kit building until I was, you know, post marriage, post children. Uh, And I told my dad, I wanted to do a layout in the basement. And before that I had previously done, you know, all the old, all the deep, everything DPM, everything of the uh, uh, plastic world. And I did it to my ability, my best abilities to our current, you know, you, the same style you see today from what we're doing is the same style I did with plastic building, but I never did uh, wood Craftsman kits. So my first Craftsman kit was the Bar Mills um, Cigar Shop. And I forget the name of the actual mm. cigar shop from it. But So it's a little bit more modern day for everybody, but that was my first actual Craftsman build. And I dedicated it um, to my daughter. I actually turned it into a flower shop versus a cigar shop so it's a little flower stand so well that's a lot healthier yeah <laughs> you know but, so well, that was my I, first I'm actual cr- back. go ahead jake damn you guys damn you guys
1: you guys were talking i'm about glad you're serious. going back to build one i'm glad you're going back
2: to build a campbell kit so that you know what we all went through i'm going to back to later, the beginnings.
3: Right. Yeah. Back in the
0: stone Age it'll be it'll be so I have uh, I have two structures done for this terminal kit which I don't know if you've seen the photos of what it's huge um, yeah. I have two of the structures done and the once I get this one done I will be doing the Campbell's kit so I'm sure you'll hear me griping about it on the show in the future
1: I'm looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> well earlier tonight earlier tonight you guys were talking about making shingles how people make the shingles out of the straws that they cut. So yeah. while I was sitting here, I just tried to splice open a coffee stir, one of the smaller <laughs> coffee stirs, and see if I could make some HO. Sh- mm-hmm. It actually worked out really nice. There I'm, you actually, go, I'm actually, I'm impressed, you guys. You guys, and that's why and, I'm going. Damn you guys, damn you guys for telling me these new things.
0: And um, yeah. I'm proud of you yeah, that I you that didn't cut your. This. I'm proud that you didn't cut yourself open in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, they work. It's going to really work. I think I'm going to try something along that lines. But now, guys, you right. cut a million of them. You, guys, uh, you got, yeah. yeah. It's all your guys' fault. Thanks.
0: All right, let's move on uh, to the last of our of our questions here. We got a couple, just a hand just a couple more. Oh, um, we're going yeah. to try and. and I
1: got- and then I got something I got to ask them. We got so a couple, go a few
0: more, and then we're going to wrap up this one with my dad's question here. So uh, this one comes from Dan Banks. Can a Disney-esque structure still be a craftsman structure? And I think you guys have already done this um, with the Carrollwood Barn, but maybe even a more Disney-esque structure, um, something you'd see in the park. <laughs> can, that, can that be something that could be done in a craftsman kit?
3: Absolutely. In fact, it was done long before us. Okay. Uh, the Grizzly Flats Depot that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milepost models did it uh, before. The, and uh, who's got it now? Tim Moat. Uh, scale uh, Structures
2: Vick, Limited um, uh, did one in HO scale, scale.
3: Right. Pat Turner had it. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a craftsman's kit, craft, and it is a hard kit to build. Right. Uh, and it's been around for decades. So. Yeah, and it's 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 Disney. And if you go to Disneyland, the Frontierland station is almost exactly the same. So it's it's a Disney ass structure that is a Craftsman kit. So yeah, yeah it, it can be done. and has been done. Yeah.
0: It, and what so, was yeah. the name of that? Real quick, the Grizzly. Grizzly flats. It, it Grizzly was on flats Ward
2: Campbell's railroad.
0: Right. Awesome. I just wanted to get that written down here so I can throw a link in before um, we moved on. So that's a, that's a that's a couple of them. Um, is there? So, so really, any of the, really anything could be done in the Disney, any of the Disney collection as a craftsman kit. Um, it's just a matter of where you want to fit it in.
3: And obtaining the rights to do it.
0: right? I'm sure that's a whole. Yeah, you, what, from our end,
3: if we were going to do it, the, obtaining the, uh, the the rights, the, the intellectual property rights to to reproduce <laughs> anything from the parks is is uh, that's the challenge.
4: Right, uh, that's that's so, half
3: the yeah, battle. Yeah, you have to have a layout where it's going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That is a heck of a kit. I just pulled it up here on scalestructures.com. dot That's a mm-hmm. that's a neat little building.
3: That's yeah, great kit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool little cool little station depot. Um, mm-hmm. The. Next one we have is from Scott Horgan, and he's from Out Your Way. Uh, where are we on production of the Disney Barn in HO scale for the Carrollwood Barn? <laughs> we knew that was coming. Yeah, we're both sure. laughing.
3: Um, you know, Jake, uh, I haven't told you this yet, but as we were doing the podcast here, I got an email from uh, Mr. Barr, uh asking about uh, more barn kits, so... Ooh. Uh, oh, that's great. That's something, we, that's something we need to get together, put our heads together on. I uh, <laughs> Dave about. and I have I, been, I, been I talking would like about. To, I would like to do it this year if we can. Yeah.
0: So, would yeah, it be. Dave and
3: I have
2: talked about doing the HO barn, uh, you know, it, it, since the inception. The O scale one obviously got hatched first. Right. So, uh, right. we did some things on that barn that were so fine in their detail. That they're probably not going to reproduce well in HO scale. Like just yeah. the tiny little weather veins and the hinges and all the individual battens and the stone foundation. And we're trying to figure out how to capture as much detail as we can while half of it is not going to be seen. So. Right. right. And, yeah. that, and that might right. be something that you it's not can. It's a
3: matter of scaling down the the drawings on the parts. It, it's it's when you when you go from one scale to another, you pretty much have to. Redesign the whole
0: thing, right. right? And how it
3: goes together, and it's, it's, yeah.
0: It's, and you, and, and some so of the part- yeah. We're
3: on it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We, we have the green light to do awesome. it. Awesome. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just getting all those little details. A lot
0: of it is probably more of rethinking how you're going to do some of the details that you did in laser cut form to mm-hmm. a different form, or or being able to find something that's close or just good enough. To do like the weather vane, something mm-hmm. that's um, to scale is yeah, is, it would have is to be appropriate. Than
3: scale, but still look right.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, because you,
3: if you did it at scale, it would be it, there's nothing. There's there is no physical process right <laughs> that exists. Even metal etching, uh, the, the one we have is about as small as you can get. You, you could probably maybe do it a little bit smaller than that, but not much. So it would be—it would have to be a little larger than scale, but uh, you'd have to cheat. In other words, right? Uh, it, it, so, it, it can be done.
1: Now, on that, on the note of kit building, um, is uh, I heard a rumor that Dave released uh, has a new kit out.
3: Well, let's. Yeah, see. We, we released a new kit uh, today. As a uh-huh. matter of fact, was, uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking so, of the Wild West. It is an O-scale Western gallows kit, a hangman's gallows like you would find in <clears throat> Tombstone or Dodge City or something like that, where the where the bad guy meets his end, uh, or in uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where he. That is so uh, cool. You know, Blondie shoots the rope, and Duco gets yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I know ours is a uh, ours is so an East Eastern. The- I was going to say ours is East Coast Town dead but we might have to have a gallows just because it's ho- I think
1: we need to have a gallows just because just to have
0: one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. so we just we
3: released it today and I'm I'm happy to report they're they're selling briskly already uh which is great uh this is not a limited kit so uh if you go to the website and they're sold out you can back order it and uh, there will we will make more so um we we have a we have a supply on hand right now
0: uh, nice
3: and uh they're they're oh the cool thing about it it's 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 laser cut basswood uh, plywood uh, and Kapler uh, lumber uh, music wire and string basically for the rope <laughs> and, and it operates yeah I engineered it so the the trapdoor works oh, oh my
0: gosh yeah <clears throat>
3: and you, you do there's there's some shenanigans you do underneath you make a working hinge and uh, uh, with some music wire. And uh, you push the lever, and the
0: trapdoor drops.
1: So Amazing! Brett, that's that's a not a West—it's not a West Coast thing, Brett.
0: Oh, I know. There's,
1: there were gallows in the East. <laughs> if you have a prison, you know, yeah. like a prison
3: yeah. uh, theme, yeah. sing sing or something? Sure, uh, it, it would work good.
0: We'll make it fit. And it's,
3: it's a one or <laughs> There's only one trapdoor, so you can only hang one person at a time. But if you buy more than one kit, then you can hang as many O scale people as you want. I, so I think
1: we have to put—is it O scale? It's O scale
3: it's an O scale and uh-huh. there's
1: also instructions on how
3: to tie a noose an O scale wow, on, wow. There, on there too so you can actually accurately have you know the, the however many uh, rings around the uh, the rope that they have nice uh, so it looks authentic so, yeah. that'd be cool just to but, build so, yeah. right, it use responsibly
0: I want to swing yeah. back around to that um, quickly but we have one last question uh, from our patrons and this one's from Dazzy J in Australia um and this might be the first question you guys have got from Australia. Uh this is for both of you. What other passions do you have in inside of the hobby besides craftsman kit building and super detailing? So other than the structures and, and details? Is there something that you just you guys love doing? The
3: scene the scenery. Yeah. Cre- creating uh, uh, an interesting scene okay. is uh, is one of my favorite things
0: to do. Yeah. What about you, Jake? That's, uh, that's... Uh, I
2: I like to collect books on uh, history of the West oh, yeah. and railroad history. So uh, that's, oh,
4: that's cool. Uh,
2: something
0: that's a, that's awesome. Uh,
2: yeah. um, you know, other than the other things I've accumulated, uh, scenery and, and structures. Uh, and that kind of detailing are kind of my main focus. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've put in some decoders, and, and I've built some track. But, you know, uh, I, I, I'm kind of primarily focused on that. I'm kind of guilty of... Uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And the last, the last question... Yeah,
3: he- uh, I love collecting books, too. And, and, and the other thing is that I'm, 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 I know just enough electronics to be dangerous. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> <But, laughs>
3: that's how we are. That's
0: that's our that's our that's our game. Yeah. yeah but I
3: love I love I love creating little animations and sound and lights. Uh, I like right. I, I think that adds a, a great dimension uh, to the railroad, especially because you know my my railroad has visitors. You know we have guests that come in to see it, and um, we do an open studio every month. So it, it's great to have they can go and push buttons and things happen. Right, a lot of fun for people
1: to come to visit. It's I a, always wonder when, when our when our layout is going to go up in flames or something. Sometimes, so yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's not
0: plugged in <laughs> most of the time, so we're good. Yeah, but um, and this yeah. is this is one last question from from Jake Johnson again, man. You were all over this. Is what do you guys think of the Cerro I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Cigarro movie theater. The Waddle. the Waddle theater. Yes, it's a cool theater. Uh, I love it. It's got a cactus out front.
2: Yeah, it's got a giant cactus out front. I, I, I saw Burt Reynolds in 100 Rifles in there when I was a kid in Arizona, and this, it's actually a 1930s, 1940s era small desert town movie theater. I think it'd make a great building
0: I love it. for us mm-hmm. to do something.
2: Is this yeah. Jake's
0: question? It.
2: It, it, Jake Jake put yeah, two questions like in for his own I episode. <laughs> I no. wanted to see what you guys thought of it. Really, I, I know what I think of it. I like think that. it's cool.
0: I wish it could fit into something that we could put in on our layout. But you know, it's—I right. think it's awesome. I like the cactus out on on, on top of the marquee out on front of the building, and um, I think it's cool. I think it's an awesome looking structure. I wish, I wish hey. we modeled that area to do it.
2: Have Dave yeah. tell you about his old, faithful
3: geyser.
0: Boy, well, you got to tell us now.
3: Uh, uh, it's old, unfaithful. So, well, that was... Uh,
0: uh, Can, speaking of little
3: electronic projects and things, that was the, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to have an erupting geyser on the layout because there's a place where the train crosses over these hotspots.
0: Oh, this, will, this is always going to end well. <laughs> yeah,
3: well... And it took me a long time to figure out how to do it uh, because I didn't want to have like water vapor come out because obviously that's going to damage things. Right, right. And it wasn't until um, you know vaping became really popular with with the youngins, you know, and I was looking at these vape pipes and I thought, you know, one of those could be rigged to shoot to, to like a miniature smoke machine. And I started tinkering around with it, and then I realized that. Somebody else has probably already thought of this. Right. And I went online and I found uh, several on Etsy, actually. Somebody was making them. And uh, they basically take a little electric fan and put it underneath the the vape pipe so it shoots uh, smoke at one end. And they use them for for costumes and stuff like that. So I bought one and installed it under the layout. And now you press a big red button and uh, the the geyser erupts. And it shoots a stream of this... uh, um, Mist up in the air, and you can buy the vape fluid, which doesn't have nicotine or flavoring or anything. It's just the base, just the so oh, just that. just the, the vapor, so, and it's very much, it's almost exactly the same as uh, theatrical smoke, like you huh. see in in movies on stage, oh, okay. uh, stage shows. Yeah, so is, it, so, is and it? it doesn't corrode the track, and it's you know it doesn't kill you. It's basically made of glycerin. Yeah, so it doesn't hurt anything.
0: Can you buy it like and the it's uh, a stream of? Sp- so hmm? so so I don't vape. I don't, I don't know if anyone on our shooter right. vapes, but um but but I I do know that you can buy some funky flavors of vape. Can you buy the glycerin scented to be like the vape flavors, like uh whatever they have, cinnamon toast yeah. crunch and all that?
3: Oh sure, you can do it all. <laughs> all like if I wanted to add like, like, make it smell like You know, peppermint in there or something. I want, I want one that smells like the water on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, like that that very like a moldy old shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, soggy Fritos. uh, Oh, I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That's too oh, funny. I had to ask that oh. just, but uh, you know, because you oh, you walk boy. by these kids at vape and you smell like it smells like cereal or like a like a cinnamon. right? And you're like, right. count chocolate. Yeah. yeah. So I had to,
3: <laughs>
0: I, and you're not the first person that's brought up the uh, either to us in person or on the show about using uh, a vape. Pen or some kind of vaping machine mm-hmm. without nicotine yeah. to be able to create an effect of smoke or fog or um, yeah, it
3: works uh, it, you could use it for a lot of different things say like you 're building a lumber mill and you want to have a slash burner on there mm-hmm. where, where smoke could yeah. go. It would work for that or a factory chimney or any number of things yeah
0: yeah and it's cool. it 's cheap they 're widely available They're cheap. so yeah, and widely
3: available yeah
0: huh, and that is the last question we had from our patrons so I'm going to wrap that section of it up. And quickly, I wanted to hit, before we wrap this week's episode up, I just kind of wanted to swing back around to your new um, Gallows kit that's available. Um, Yes. uh, So what was kind of the inspiration behind that? And then just give us a quick story about (laughs) that, and then we can wrap up this week's episode.
3: The inspiration was uh, a Clint Eastwood Western called Hangout High.
0: We gotta have it, Dad. We gotta get this. <laughs> my dad and I are I huge. Degree. I have a Plays U.S.
3: Marshal in the Indian Territory, bringing outlaws back to justice. And uh,
0: so, if and I thought,
3: well, and oh, well, and, and if I'm being honest, uh, the scene in Blazing
0: Saddles. Oh uh, my gosh! The, <laughs> you're, you're, str- you're you're strumming at all. Of, you're you're picking our heartstrings here. We love. Yeah.
3: And so, so so yeah the cleaning used to it and blazing saddle that I, I i got you know and i and i was looking at it and it was after we built the barn and we were figuring how to make the doors work and uh you know the the door hinges and stuff and I'm like well you're going to take that same idea and apply it here and you've got a trap door that drops it so you know one thing leads to another that's that's where it came Man, from
1: that's cool
0: i love it if you know anything about us yep. and our show uh we are huge Western fans, so obviously, Blazing Saddles, instant classic. Oh yeah, uh, it's just an yeah. instant classic. How can you not love it? And uh, you not- and you laugh your
1: ass off and, every oh, time you watch. It, you know, it, maybe, it's, maybe it's yeah, very, maybe it's not very maybe
0: it's not very PC in today's terms, but if you watch that yeah. movie, man, you're gonna laugh <laughs> nonstop. Yep. And uh, uh, we don't need to go into it, but it's it's funny yeah. and uh yes. and and just the fact that also you guys. With this one, we're inspired. inspired by um, a Clint Eastwood movie. It, 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 it's just picking at us here because my dad and I, both of us, are huge Clint Eastwood fans. Whether it was the western movies he did or the the eighties cops movies that Clint Eastwood did, uh, up until his more modern stuff, we, my dad and I, mm-hmm. loved Clint Eastwood. So, or still love his stuff. So, um, yeah. we we love. That that was your kind of your little part of your inspiration for it. So it's cool to see it, yeah. and it's a neat thing. I've never seen a gallows done in uh, model railroading. In so
3: anything, yeah, no, any scale. Well, that's the other thing. I'd never seen one. I, I hadn't seen one model. I certainly hadn't seen a kit of one. So I, I, why not? We'll we'll give it a try. Yeah, like yeah. That's cool. It's a little macabre, but
1: um... yeah. But you know, if you're doing anything, <laughs> what the heck, you if know? you're
0: doing anything historical, it it's appropriate. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what my dad and I used to be. Civil if War. We had
1: an eight dress skill when we could put it out behind like a bar. Well, and they could have like a bunch of drunkard guys hanging some guy from the from the gallows yeah. in the back. You can have a crowd gathered
0: around it. it, could make it you know,
1: somehow I think you yeah. can have
0: a crowd gathered around. But but it goes kind. Of, it's so it's a little bit controversial, yes. But mm. if you, but maybe but if you think about kind of how so my dad and I were very in the Civil War history and we still we still are. Um, uh, anytime you dig into our history in the West or in civil war history, or even previously before that, you know, you had some things that weren't so pretty and, um, it's historically accurate. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that if you're doing, uh, an O scale layout that was in that time period, yes, you'd see that you would see it because you'd have someone who sure. broke the law they were they were uh robber baron or they were yeah. you know they were robbing trains along the way yeah,
1: it may not be such a good idea to put a modern one behind the bar
0: well you wouldn't you wouldn't do it in the thirties <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know but if you're doing the mid eighteen hundreds and you had yeah. some you know robber barons on trains right, and you know right. they're holding up wells Fargo shipments, it makes sense right. so I love it. Stealing horses, yeah, yeah. all
1: that good stuff. Stealing
3: right. horses,
0: sir. I love it. Yeah.
3: So they used to hang horse thieves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Horses were big money back then. So uh, you know, they, mm-hmm. they if if people are stealing horses or stealing cattle or robbing trains, uh, you know, yeah. you'd, you'd have you'd have a little bit of justice done in these small towns. So uh, that's
3: right.
0: Uh, I love it. I like it.
3: It's, fun. It, you know, it's 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 all in fun,
0: and it's you know what's even funnier. <laughs> it's kind of a weird pivot after doing the Disney ball. Right? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh. But you, you know what I like about I it don't though. Read too much into that. They have nothing to do. With it. No, you know what my favorite thing about it is though is.
1: Do any of Walt's horses? You might go to the galas. Yeah.
0: You know what? You know what my favorite thing is about the whole thing is it's it's functional. That's what's even better is the the trap is functional. So.
3: Yeah. And I'm sure some clever person will figure out a way to motorize it too. I mean yeah. the way it works now you just oh, come man. Up and, it, and, it, and it drops. Somebody will put some music wire in a motor and, and yeah. have it, you know, go up and down.
0: Give give one person like, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be hard to do. One person yeah. a couple of hours and, and some and some minor motor motorizing in, of it and it'll be right. It'll be an operational right. gallo.
1: Right, right.
0: Fully armed and operational. Right. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Well, well, guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on here tonight. We kind of likewise. Uh, oh, and to our to our fan out there who who uh, whined and bitched and moaned about the fact that we went over two hours, we did it again.
0: Oh yeah, sorry <laughs> about that.
1: If you don't like it, had, you cannot
0: watch it. Well, if you to it. if if Let's if you're not it. familiar, we had a we had a guy. Um, <laughs> Sorry Jake and Dave. We had a guy that last week was upset that our episode was long. Um so <laughs> <laughs> I don't have
1: time. I don't have the time to listen to this show that But I do long, but I do I'm, appreciate Well, listen. well
0: honestly you know? though I do appreciate that you guys have been on with us now for 2 hours. Yeah. I mean that's it's a huge yeah. commitment of your time. Uh I appreciate that you guys were able to dedicate 2 hours of your time tonight to talk to us and uh happy to do it. And we had a lot of fun with you, shared a lot of laughs, and uh, um, we look forward to catching up with you guys here sometime throughout 2020. And
1: April or May, how's that sound to you guys? Pretty good.
0: Sure, great. Let's do it. We'll do a we'll do a we'll do a summer a before pre summer update of uh, what's going on on the West Coast, and maybe we'll come up with some West Coast East Coast topics that we can kind of clash on. Uh, at that time and uh, and, and okay. discuss that then. So I thank you guys for coming on this week and I uh, appreciate your time.
3: Thanks. Okay. Thank you.
0: And if anyone is interested in seeing what Dave and Jake have been up to, head on over to Crescent Creek Models on Facebook and their website at com uh, or thundermesastudio.com Thunder Studio. Thundermesa.studio. I'll get it right, I promise. <laughs> it is Thundermesa.studio. <laughs> Thunder I'll put a link in yes. this show's description for that. You can check out all of what they've been working on online as well. Um, so okay. thank you, oh, guys. Can
3: go directly to the models at uh, crescentcreekmodels.com.
0: Yes, there we go. I'll put both links on the on the show description, and we'll, you guys can check it out from there. But um, Fantastic. I appreciate you guys coming on this week. Uh, As always, we've shared a lot of laughs and had a lot of fun. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. See you guys. All
1: right, guys. Good
4: night. Okay.